How do you, how do, you do it? I think it's that I look at my whole life and I, I see the awful, terrible things in my life and turn it into something funny. I, I, it just happens. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold. Coming to the ring from parts unknown, the combined weight of 853 pounds, Piccolo and Dr. Zong. Episode 17, Silver and Gold, back in your ear holes for another week. Actually uh, made it this week. I am the loaf with me, the Zom. How are you, sir? I'm just doing fine. How are y'all going out there? How y'all doing, motherfucker? Doing real well. Hanging out, just chilling, you know, having a good time. Yeah. Nothing going on. Uh, just a bunch of bullshit. Just a bunch Lots of bullshit. crap. It's a fucking bullshit. Yeah, fuck the clan. <laughs> yeah, motherfuckers so, been, coming been, around here trying to fucking pass out that shit. Been a pretty uh, slow week for me, uh, movie wise and everything wise. Just you know, doing my thing, coming home, crying, drinking myself to sleep. The, the usual. There you go. So uh, yeah. So this week uh, we what are we doing this week? Oh yeah, dark comedy double feature this week. This could be wide open, but well, we chose starring John Amos. <laughs> Sorry, uh, action attraction reference there. Check out Metal Mikey Show action attraction. Creak 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 creak. So this week, yeah, two dark comedies. Um, one of which I you know this is my first Frank Capper movie that I've watched. All the way through, which is appalling to most, I'm sure. Uh, Arsenic and Old Lace uh, from, what is it, 1944. Yes. Wow. And uh, we're going way back. Wasn't and, even born then. It's all 46. <laughs> and uh, then we watched that that dude. We reviewed a movie about trains or something that he did, the Martin dude, with Martin S. He, he might make it someday. Uh, from 1983. The king of comedy. I'm just burping up coffee. It's disgusting. I'm a repulsive human being. Uh, you should see my gut right now. Oh, God. If you want to talk about disgusting. All right. So, and I really and I just I just shit. So I'm not even bloated, <laughs> but I still feel bloated. I'm full of coffee and garlic Ritz crackers. I'm just. Oh my God! That makes me want to vomit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, uh, what, let's see, uh, we'll get, before we get into the reviews, as usual, we will talk about what we've been watching this week, and Zom's only watched a handful, of course, so we'll let you, uh, take the, take the lead there. All right. 
Tom Horn with Steve McQueen, JD's Revenge, The Beginners, The Last Hard Men, Fatal Attraction, They short, Shoot Horses, Don't They? Quadrophenia, Dirty Dozen, Hard Times, The Last Mountain, Friends with Benefits, Cowboys and Aliens, Black Rain, The Deer Hunter, a Richard Petty documentary, The Debt, The Change Up, 30 Minutes or Less, Our Idiot Brother, and I wrote Friends with Benefits again because it was so fucking bad that um, I had to write it down twice. Now, I'll just go through these pretty quick. Quicker than that, but I'll okay. give a little okay. elaboration. <laughs> I was going to say, okay. I, was gonna, I was trying to remember all of them. I was going to ask you about certain ones. <laughs> okay. Uh, the ones that are worth talking about, uh, JD's Revenge, I got at um, uh, Big Lots at Whorehound. Never heard of it. And it's sort of a black exploitation horror movie. And I didn't have like real high high hopes or any expectations it was fucking good and it's just a good movie i bought that me, at, uh, at big lots too uh on have Black you seen Friday. it no i haven't watched it yet oh it's i liked it i really liked it a lot as just a not even black exploitation but just as a standalone movie and it's got some sweet mm, brown sugar in it baby with and this one chick boy she's got some nice boobies mm-hmm. um the Beginners with uh, Ewan McGregor. I uh, fucking loved this one. Yeah, I, I, it's a it's a it's a very good movie, very stylish. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Ewan McGregor. It seems like um, he's just a very likable guy. I think, and uh, but uh, and Christopher Plummer, my God, God bless him for his career resurgence because just about he picks really uh, interesting projects, yeah. and I really like him as an actor. This is, uh, I'd say uh, Beginners is definitely in my top ten of the year. Um, mm-hmm. I saw it in the theater um, right around the same time I saw this movie Submarine, which mm-hmm. the two kind of reminded me each other, either, uh, each other, even though they didn't really have a lot to do with each other. Uh, but both of them caught me by surprise, and I really enjoyed both of them. So it, it was it was uh, it was good, and I, I the trailer really put you know sunk the hook into me a long time ago, and it said on Netflix that it was uh, like a long wait. And I put it at the top of my queue, and I didn't expect it. I, usually, they'll swap it out with something else if it's if they don't have it. And I got it like you know right after that. So even if it says long wait, sometime you can get it. Um, the last hard men uh, was Charlton Heston, James Coburn, and Barbara Hershey. And let me tell you something, people. Um, there's I think a little taboo, maybe incestuous undertones in this one, and I have seen this movie a long time ago when I was a kid, and that went right over my fucking head. And uh, I think there is. I don't give a shit. And Barbara <laughs> Hershey looks uh, pretty good, uh, especially when she gets kidnapped and she gets a little uh, gang banged. So anyway, oh. and uh, it's got Larry Wilcox in it also from fucking Chips and Michael Parks who is awesome and even then that's probably that was when he was really young and he is just fucking fun to watch because he it just got the the charisma you can see right there. He should have been a bigger star than what he ended up being. Uh Fatal Attraction is still good. Uh, I got it uh, a box set. Not a box set. It's a double douche that was uh, f- from Walmart um, on sale, but I didn't get it at Walmart. I believe I got it at Big Lots, Yay. my local local Big Lots. Um, it came with uh, Black Rain, uh, Ridley Scott, Michael. Uh, <laughs> that thing you posted on the Gentleman's Guide group was funny. With- 
<laughs> well, Will Will seems to uh, he he definitely he does not like that movie, but uh, I think it's fun. I enjoyed it. I really did. I th- I thought it was fun. You know, uh, listening to Andy Garcia and Michael Douglas call each other babe throughout the whole movie is just fucking awesome. Um, they shoot horses, don't they? Michael Sarazen and Jane Fonda. It's a it's a uh, good movie. It's a uh, Sidney Pollock, uh, but it's so different. It's almost like a sports movie because it takes place in the Great Depression and people are like, you know, really hurting and need money for food or to, you know, get their kid food and stuff like that. And they have a marathon dance contest and these fucking people are dancing for like a month and they'll have a break. They they have breaks every once in a while, but you only get like 10 minutes for a break. Mm -hmm. And so they all go and lay down and try and fall. They'll be sleeping on their feet. And the other one's holding them up and everything. Um, so it's almost like a sports movie, but it's so much more than that. Uh, and um, I had never seen it. And it, 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 um, it's just different. The subject, I guess it was based on a book but it's, or a play. I can't remember. Uh, did uh, Quadrophenia with uh, uh, Morris um, for uh, you know, Love That Album. Uh, I think I might have said that last time when we had our show. I'm kind of screwed up here because of – we didn't record the one time, and then when we did, we only recorded half the show, and I can't remember what I talked about. Uh, so some of these I think I might have already talked about. Uh, Dirty Dozen, of course, you know, most people have seen that. That's a classic. Mm-hmm. has such a great cast. It's still good. Um, and it's funny that uh, Tilly Savalas plays Maggot in the original and then comes back in like some of these shitty remakes where they basically do just the entire movie exactly the same again, but it's supposed to be a sequel. And Telly Savalas is the Lee Marvin part. So he went from being Maggot, the rape, the racist rapist, racist to rapist. And I think if they wanted to give a twist to it, uh, they should have had Maggot. They should have had Savalas still be the character Maggot, the racist rapist. Uh, and the the real crazy Christian guy uh, who rapes uh, women and and kills them, and had that character lead the Dirty Dozen. Talk about an antihero. Uh, Hard Times with uh, Charles Bronson and James Coburn. Excellent movie. Uh, it, I'm like I said, that's one that most of our our ilk have seen a lot. Uh, the Last Mountain, which is a documentary about uh, these fucking coal mine. Uh, coal mines and mountaintop removal in West Virginia and why I cough so much and why the water sucks and how they're just basically tearing up the the land and it looks like shit. Nothing ever goes back. It's a good, good documentary. Uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. Um, is kind of the main focus on that. And he was here quite a bit uh, 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 protesting and stuff like that. It's a a good doc. I, I, uh, sent it over to Sam U. Rye, and he talked about it a little bit on their show on what he was watching. Uh, Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema. Um, Link, friends with Benefits. Class Trash since 77. Yeah, yeah Class Trash. Um, friends with Benefits is one of the worst movies I have seen in a long time. Um, I don't like Ashton Kutcher, but the one with Natalie Portman and Ashton Kutcher was like watching Martin Scorsese compared to this fucking piece of shit. Uh, Mila Kunis does absolutely nothing for me. I don't care what anybody says. This is just my opinion. You know, every, there's other people that like her, you know, and it's just a matter of taste. I don't think she's a very good actor. I think she probably smokes quite a bit because she kind of has a froggy voice. She has a big head and big eyes. 
and a little body. Uh, she, uh, she, there was definitely a body double used when they showed her naked walking away because the girl had, that was walking away naked had a really nice uh, round butt. And when they show her in her underwear, she is like kind of has a flat butt. So everybody's like, oh, Mila Kunis showed her. I no, no, she didn't. You didn't see her face, and that was not the same butt. Um, but it was sucked. And Justin Timberlake, uh, you know, I'm sorry. I like He was all right in um, Social Network, but he sucks. Um, <laughs> Cowboys, don't watch that fucking movie. I'm telling you, it, it's, it's a piece of shit. Um, Cowboys and Aliens, I really like that. Um, Daniel Craig was good in it, but I am in love with Olivia Wilde. Uh, and that's not the only reason I just like, I thought it was a good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Harrison Ford was really good in it. Um, it's just a good action movie, uh, kind of sci-fi action movie. Uh, Black Rain, of course, will, we already talked about that. Uh, the Deer Hunter, um, this is one of my all time favorites. A lot of people give it shit cause they say it's over long and the uh, wedding scene at the beginning is really long and everything. But I like that cause I think it, you know, it, it just, it, it's, it takes its time. Yeah, yeah. And then once it gets going, and, and and I think the the whole wedding thing really showed like uh, the the kind of the camaraderie, the community kind of feel camaraderie. It shows all that you know everybody getting together and everything, and and it gives you the feel of that you know uh, of of the friendship and everything. Uh, Watch day, <coughs> Richard. Pe- I'm sorry. A uh, Richard Petty documentary on like uh, I don't know if it was a Speed Channel or something like that. Uh, I'm not really into NASCAR, uh, uh, and really when it had its real super big resurgence when Earnhardt and uh, Jeff Gordon were going at it, that was kind of exciting, and a lot of people were really into it. And I really wasn't into it then, but I grew up watching Richard Petty and Kale Yarborough and those guys, so it was interesting seeing a lot of footage of Richard Petty before he started wearing those really ugly cowboy hats that just are just hideous. Um, I heard he had a problem with, uh, he drank he rage. Yeah. And he, and he, I think he got, uh, for, um, DUI down there in North Carolina, didn't he? He would bump people on the highway. Yeah. Well, he's, those guys, you know, they're so used to driving aggressively and all that shit. And it's no excuse, but then they get behind the wheel and they, they're, they're rednecks. They don't give a fuck. Um, (laughs) the change up, uh, was surprisingly better than I thought it would be. Uh, it, it had some funny parts in it. Um, we want, uh, it's, um, uh, Ryan Reynolds and, uh, the dude from arrested development, Bateman. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 And um, it's uh, the the one. Uh, it, it was all right. It, it had so, it, it just had some funny stuff in it that that, that uh, we watched the. Uh, they had an unedited version mm-hmm. or a you know special director's cut, which was supposed to be really dirty. And this one, we didn't watch that because it wouldn't work. It even said on the thing that like uh, some people on certain. Oh, and I know what somebody told me. It said on the thing that uh, some video players won't play the special edition, but then somebody looked it up and said, if you rent it, you can't watch the uncut version or something. Oh, weird. But, man, it was dirty as shit, and we were watching it with a preacher. So, anyway, <laughs> I, but it's the truth, and I was, it was making me feel weird. He, he's a, he's a preacher, uh, actual minister, and I, 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 I mean, if you took a drink – between this one and and the next two movies I'm going to talk about, if you 
played a drinking game where you took a drink every time they said fuck, uh, you would have alcohol poisoning in the first like 10 minutes of the movie. Uh, the next one was 30 minutes or less, uh, and that's uh, Danny McBride and uh, what's his name from Social Network that played uh, the main guy? Oh, Eisenberg. Uh, Eisenberg. I, I, thought this, I thought this really sucked. I thought Danny McBride was horrible in it. He, I mean, it was just like, I, I, I know I sound like probably like my dad, but obviously. Are you obviously, a McBride fan? I, I, I like him in certain things, mm-hmm. you know. I, I like him in small doses as just a, uh, just a small character, but when he's in an entire movie, it's just like, it just gets old real quick. It's like saying fuck just to say fuck because you can. Yeah. And like I said, I know people that listen to this show know that I have no problem with perf- profanity, but there was just so much stuff where it just seemed like it wasn't that funny. And he was yeah. just, you know, giving that sarcastic look with the, you know, and saying fuck or saying something, you know, completely, you know, outrageous or whatever. But it just fell flat with me and I did not think of it. It picked up in the last 10 minutes, but the whole rest of the movie, I was like, man, this movie sucks. Um, the, this one, I was surprised because I didn't think I would like it and I didn't think it would be any good at all, which was Our Idiot Brother. And it ended up being pretty funny. Uh, you know, it was what it was, but it was pretty funny. We, we played that at the theater. It just looked so dumb. I'd never even bothered with it, it. It was dumb, but I mean, it was better than the other dumb ones I watched. Uh, <laughs> and that's it. Um, cool. Yeah, that's it. I don't have anything else. All right. Um, I uh, I watched a few. It's been two weeks, actually, yeah. since we talked about what we've been watching. So. Um, I can't remember if I talked about Youngblood the last time. Was that um, uh, Rob Lowe? Rob Lowe, yeah. I bought it in Cincinnati yeah. at Big Lots. Uh, it was pretty good. Uh, the Rob Lowe um, uh, uh, hockey. Swayze, Swayze movie, hockey movie. Uh, Keanu Reeves was in there, too. Um, really? Yeah, he was, one of, he was the goalie. Fuck, uh, I, I don't remember. I mean, I watched that not that long ago. Uh, just because, you know, it was Rob Lowe, and I'm a fan. Yeah, he wasn't <laughs> for long, but some, yeah. Uh, some of the sex scenes are very 80s and hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> they just go on way too long. You're just like, really? This is a hockey movie. <laughs> and Rob Lowe's such a pussy that you can't imagine even <laughs> if he went and fucking took steroids and took uh, fighting uh, classes from uh, Mirko Krokop and Fedor Emelianenko. <laughs> He's still I, – I can't see him. He looks like my fucking college roommate that quit after one semester. Just <laughs> yeah, like – He's a Pretty little dude. boy douche. You get to see his you get to see his ass, and it's not an impressive ass at all. And the, but the chick in it is just so like she's like, hmm. As soon as she sees, he gets stuck in the hallway. It's real dumb. But it's, there's not much. There's not much of a leap for Rob Lowe as far as DNA goes from him being a woman <laughs> at, at that age. Yeah, I'm telling you, he's very he's very. Uh, it looks like he shaved his chest or just didn't have any mm-hmm. chest hair and. If you slapped a pair of fake tits on him and tucked his dick between his legs, he would be a hot lady boy. <laughs> lady boy. Um, I watched um, Hardware. Um, that's on, it's on Instant. Um, What's that? I can't remember the guy's name that directed it. He also directed Dust Devil, which is another one I watched on Instant. Uh-huh. Um, it, it's very nineties. It's kind not Peter of a, Weller, is it? No, no, no. It's uh, I'll have to look it up, but. Dylan McDermott, yeah, I know which one. Yeah, you're Dylan, it's a Dylan McDermott movie. And he, Dylan McDermott's very puffy looking in the movie. He kind of like I'm, I'm used to seeing him now, where he's you know he's kind of this 
kind of more chiseled older man, and now, uh, you know, back then he kind of he still had round cheeks and a little bloated. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not fat. I mean, he was retaining water. Who the fuck am I to say somebody looks fat? But the um, fat so <laughs> this is let me see movie that? because what let me see that. <laughs> Yeah, Lemmy plays a a, a cab driver, but it's a kind of it's a cab that runs on water only, and it's really awkward because he's like, "Listen to this," and he fucking plays Ace of Spades. Yeah, by <laughs> like I, it's really awkward. You. Yeah, you want to um, go to the airport? He looks very young too. Lemmy does. He's still got this fucking giant cocoa puffs on his cheek, but oh, um, this is kind of a neat movie because it's the the chick's an artist and um, it's a post apocalyptic movie mm-hmm. and um. There's some definite creepy moments, some nice gore. Um, it's it's worth checking out. It's on instant. Um, what is this guy's name? Anyway, uh, I, like I said, I also watched uh, Dust Devil, which the, is the same director. Richard um, Stanley. Is that his? Yeah, director that, Richard yeah, yeah, Stanley. Yeah. Um, Dust Devil. Dust Devil. <laughs> okay. For, I, I posted this on our group, on, on our Facebook group. Um, this, the cut that is on... Uh, Netflix apparently this is what I've been informed by uh, our loyal three listeners that um, the cut that's on there is the is the uh, Weinstein cut and it's like 20 minutes shorter and it makes I mean they've actually changed the order of some scenes the fuck that the fucking cut that's on Netflix is just bad it was boring Mm -hmm. it was uh, I could not I I don't even know if I finished it it was terrible um, uh, it's like okay hardware if you gave it uh, uh, rated it uh, 1 to 10 well, hardware's like, com- hardware hardware is not a on a great movie but it's it's very it's a nice it's nice atmosphere um, it's uh, I liked I liked, I liked it for what it was I mean I guess it's inspired by Terminator but the you know right. the, the special effects aren't on that level but it's um i'd say this is it's like a 6.75 a 7 and then dust devil the cut of dust devil that's on netflix is seriously like a two or three it's 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 horrific so i need to track down the extended (laughs) cut i think so um give it a better better chance are you sure you want to do that (laughs) i have to i mean after i didn't get one negative thing except for the cut that i watched it might be like 20 minutes even worse (laughs) Um, so, uh, my wife and I had gone home to my parents, uh, to visit for Christmas This is because of my fuck it up schedule. Uh, the only time we could get free to visit for Christmas was three and a half weeks before Christmas. But, um, so, uh, of course we asked the whole family, this is what, this is, uh, how exciting it is to visit. We asked my whole family to go out to see Hugo, mm-hmm. this new Martin S guys, new movie that's in the theaters. Uh, and of course, everybody was like, "Yeah, we'll just stay here." So my wife and I go out basically on a date night to the movies while visiting my parents. It was really pathetic, but the movie was not. The movie was awesome. Um, and if anybody see it wants to go see it, see it in 3D. And mm-hmm. I never thought I would say that, but the 3D creates a fantastic atmosphere. Um, and the, it's 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 it takes place in 1920s Paris in largely in a train station. And there's constant like dust floating in the air, and uh, Scorsese spent a lot of time and uh, attention on making it work. Um, it's it it's an amazing, especially the second half for people that like are fans of film. Um, it's a really good it's a really good movie. Uh, make it through heard- the first twenty five minutes or so. It's it's a little it's it seems like a family movie, and mm-hmm. the first twenty five minutes or so 
uh, were like that. It's like, you know, the a kid in peril and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, okay. But then when the actual story kicks in, it's really good. Oh. Did you go see that yet? Nah, I fucking <laughs> suck. <laughs> no, um, I, um, I, um, I, I have the weekend off, so maybe I'll run over there and uh, check, check it out. Check it out in 3D uh, yeah. if you can. So. Um, I watched Sherlock Jr. on Instant, uh, the um, uh, Buster Keaton film. Mm, um, mm. This uh, I posted that I'm still a Chaplin guy. Uh, I, I, this was um, awesome. Um, what I like about Chaplin better is that his movies fell, always feel more cohesive to me as where Buster Keaton's feel like um, spot fists. Yeah, yeah. Wrestling term. And yeah. and this one was. I mean, the, the, the overall story was eh, but uh, this, there's some amazing, like, spots in it especially the there's a scene where he's riding a motorcycle on the handlebars and um you know it goes on for like 10 minutes and there's a really cool scene where he's kind of dreaming about being in this movie but he's like walked into the screen and this the scene keeps changing around him so it's like he'll dive off he's diving off a rock into water but then in midair it changes to snow so he lands like in his, his feet sticking out of the snow um it's neat um Definitely, uh, definitely check that one out. It's only an hour long. So, uh, Samurai Cop, I watched that one. Yeah, that looks good. The Dar movie. Wow, we got to review this one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this movie's a fucking train wreck, but in a good way. I got one to team up with it too. That's uh, it, equally uh, disgusting in its ineptitude, but uh, it's it's it's, uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Track this one down because um, if you like if you like bad movies, this is definitely uh, one you get a good kick out of. Um, I watched a couple in the theater. I watched the skin I live in the new, uh, Al- Almodovar movie. Uh, this with Antonio Banderas. Ah, this, the Banderas. Is, this is also going to be top 10 for me this year. Really? Uh, this one was awesome. Uh, definitely go check this one out too. Let me ask you a question. And I, I don't, uh, I don't want to go into spoiler realm, mm-hmm. but does this have a dildo in it? It has several. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> they're not necessarily dildos. I think he calls them like spacers or something. They don't look like they're you know they're definitely phallic shaped, but they're not like dicks. So <laughs> uh, um, this was this was really good. Uh, and then I watched uh, <laughs> I watched Melancholia. You know, like when I say they're not dicks, they don't have the veins on the side. They don't have like yeah, a yeah, ball yeah. base or anything. They're not. <laughs> they're not like realistic. <laughs> they don't have like the suckers on the end to like mounted on the floor. <laughs> You're watching some like fucking new serious shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I watched Melancholia. Also, is um, that the one that Lars von Dickhead did? Lars von Dickhead. Uh, this is a slow burn, so be be warned of that. I mean, I guess if you've seen a Von Trier movie, you, you would yeah. expect that. But um, you get to see oh. Kirsten Dunst's fabulous tits in this one a couple Ooh. times. One one time is not so fabulous because she's all depressed and can't. She has like uh, her fangs. She has those fangs, like one nipple for each fang. <laughs> well, there's a there's another where she's laying in the grass and there's this blue light and she just kinda, it's like almost slow motion and she's looking up at the sky totally naked and you're just like yeah okay there we go Do you think for as much money as she has that like um, would it hurt her career to get those teeth fixed. I mean, you know, come on. It's like uh, uh, Joaquin Phoenix and his and his lip. Yeah, Joaquin. Yeah, yeah. Well, Stacy Keach had that lip too, but he usually had the mustache. They had the I don't know if they had the cleft palate when they were like young. They have that scar. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what it, that's what it looks like. 
Anyway. Uh, Stacy Keach definitely. When he doesn't have his mustache, you can really see it. Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> um, and same with same with Joaquin. I'd say maybe mm-hmm. maybe, yeah. like, maybe Kirsten Dunst just needs to grow a big fucking Sam Elliott stash. <laughs> she needs to grow a mustache. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I, I gotta tell you, I'm not a fan of hers. I, I mean, she had some nice nips in uh, that one Spider-Man movie where she was wet. Mm-hmm. But that's about it. You know, I don't. She, uh, she's I, she's a. Uh, you like her though, don't you? I like her, but she's a. Uh, you think she's hot? Most of the time, okay. there's a, there's a couple of times you'll look at her and you're like, oh, but then most of the time for me, she's like, okay, okay, yeah, hot, I get it. Um, yeah. She's not all the time hot in this one because she's just a fucking wreck sometimes. The first mm-hmm. half of the movie, she's in a wedding dress and she looks she looks nice there. But the second half of the movie, she's uh, kind of just a slob. Um, she doesn't really bathe and stuff. And uh, they'll get into that. They get into that in the movie. It's hot. The, um, the movie's a, a, a definite downer. It's Is it a top ten for you? I'll have to. I'll have to. Go, I'll have to see. It's a really Definitely well done movie. Fun movie. What's that? It's not a fun movie. No, it is not at all. I mean, it's it's about the end of the world. I'm not spoiling anything by saying that, but it's it's uh it's the end of the world as uh as von Trier will will present it. It's God. It's not an over the top uh, sci fi movie. If you could punch him in the face, would you punch him in the face? No, like no, these like, stupid I, stuff. I don't. I don't really pay attention to the dumb stuff that he says, and I like, yeah. I like his movies. So, well, and, that's the thing with him. He says dumb stuff. Just and you know, I hope that it's just to like uh, for shock value. Oh that, yeah. yeah, I mean, like the whole because, Nazi thing. I mean, he just said that because he's like, fine. What do you want me to say? That I sympathize with Nazis? Fine. That's what. I, that's what I'll say. And, you know, he's just waiting for people. And uh, I read something interesting about him, which adds a new light to his movie. Because every time I see one of his movies, especially the last two uh, with uh, Antichrist and this one, that uh, it seems like he's very anti-female. Like he's got a real, like, almost vendetta against women. So I read this. Apparently someone's written a book about his films but and discusses this. But I read an interview, kind of an article about it in that – Ever since his mother died, he's been mm-hmm. trying to – she died in 1989. And his goal has been since then to make movies that would get on his mom's nerves. Mm-hmm. And you, if you look at it, you'll see that a lot, that the mother figure in the movies is usually the one that's the worst. And the mom of, of Kirsten Dunst and uh, Charlotte Gainsbourg in this movie is just a fucking cunt. She's the worst. A what? I don't know. You know, the C word. Yeah. Um, Come on, but man. She, uh, Pull it together. It, because his um, his mom, right before she died, uh, basically told him, "Oh, the guy that's your that you thought was your dad, it's not. I went and got knocked up by a German artist because I wanted you to be special." And that fucking like killed him, I think. And so ever ever since his mom died, he's just been trying to do do like anti or you know movies that would piss his mom off. So I would say if. Mel Gibson and Lars Van Trier had a tag team, <laughs> and me and Bill Goldberg. Oh, I wouldn't even say Bill Goldberg because he's a, <laughs> he is a a professional athlete. Liev Shriver. I'll have him as my <laughs> my tag team partner, and I bet you we could just beat the shit out of both of them. Probably. Uh, well, I'm not down with those fucking douchebag fucking comments like that i mean i don't know you know i guess there's you know some people are like eh, you know if it's if it's a comedy thing like you know like louis ck's up there and and saying you know the n-word like but saying it explaining why right, right. you know you know his you know his spiel but um 
I don't know. Just saying that shit. Just that's just the. I mean, if you can't, I mean, come on, give me a break. Get it. Get attention some other way. It's just fucking. Uh, it's lame. It's it's cheap heat. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it, it, you like it. You're you fucking I'm anti-Semite. Um, <laughs> fuck them all. Anti-dentite. Anti-dentite. <laughs> Corey Haim uh, is Jewish. Is he really? Yes, he is. Or was. Well, I uh, think he is. Um, oh, yeah. He's dead. He's Canadian, too. Canadian oh, Jew. Oh, God. Two strong. a duck, man. No wonder he killed himself. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I watched Die Hard 2, which uh, I watched for Action Attraction this week. Um uh, go go to listen to that and hear Zom and I fucking just run all over the show and just make a mess of things. It was bad. <laughs> oh, I'm in, I'm ashamed of myself. Um, but yeah, die, you know, Die Hard Two is. I I realized as the, we're as we're as I was watching it and talking in the show that I probably hadn't seen it in years and years. Where I'd yeah. seen the first one maybe dozens of times, um, and it's you know it's it's. Maybe not as good as I remember it, but I still liked it a lot. So, how about this, Barbara Hershey, Barbara Herstein, Barbara Hershey, Jewish, Scott Glenn, Jewish, Michael Douglas, Jewish. <laughs> I'm looking at this list, man. It's like everybody we talk about. If they have Dolph Lundgren on here, I'm going to fucking jack off <laughs> in my mouth. I mean, no, this Lady Boy videos are fucked up. I mean, I'm sorry. You might eat somebody else's jizz, but don't eat your own. Don't eat your own. That's just gross. All right, that was it for me. Seems wrong. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm paying you back for fucking talking over Metal Mikey stuff. <laughs> sorry, Mikey. Anyway, that sounds pretty good. Sounds like you had a good. You, you saw like new stuff. Yeah, I did, and uh, I, I wanted to watch Martha, 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 Marcy, May, Marlene, and mm-hmm. uh, today's the last fucking day we have it at the theater. So I don't know that I'm going to make it because um, we're. Yeah. In a goddamn theater, you ought to be fucking churning out the new stuff all the time. Well, I work seven days a week, so I, mean, <sighs> I only really have two days free, and one of them is taken up by doing this train wreck of a show. So, yeah, um, yeah, you know, gotta, gotta you cut do? that shit out, Ugh. cut the show out. So uh, let's take a break and let's come back and do. I guess we'll we'll start with arsenic and old lace since that's the. Yay! We'll be right back. If you're enjoying this podcast, perhaps you'd be interested in GleeCast. You watch your tone, young lady. Hey, we're not forcing you to download the Internet's best, or at least most booze-filled podcast about Glee. You want to be me. Who doesn't, Sue? But we know we can't be. Instead, Erica and Emily. Uh, Emily and Erica. Who am I? I just don't know anymore. I'd love to stay in chat, but I got a satellite interview. Sorry, we get off topic a lot. The point is, listen to GleeCast following every new episode of Glee. Plus, our sporadic bonus content on some of the greatest bad cinema that incorporates musical theater or sweet dance moves going to ask you to smell your armpits the right or the left that's the smell of failure failure smells like dove mine has a pleasant lady speed stick scent kind of makes me think of candy canes your resentment is delicious visit gleecast.podomatic.com or search for us in the itunes store that's gleecast with a k part of the palaver.com family that's p-a-l-a-v-r.com boy the only thing missing from this place is a couple dozen bodies limed and rotting in shallow graves under the floorboards we're working on that
back from break. Zom, I wanted to thank you again for this uh, Stan Hansen book you sent. I was just looking at it uh, during the break there. Uh, so fucking cool, man. I, I I need to sit down and read it. I'm I'm trying to be good because I'm bad about I'm bad, bad about starting books and then starting another one in the middle of a previous one. So I'm mm, reading the Steve Jobs autobiography, and I'm going to finish it. I'm, I'm making a I'm making a concerted effort to finish it before I start something new. So. It'll be the there day. are times where I would have like five books going at the same time, like a couple down in the bathroom, downstairs, yeah. a couple upstairs, and and I read as I shit or <laughs> lay in the bathtub. So like I, I I might read like a paragraph while I'm taking it. It depends on how long the dump is, yeah, yeah. but you know, <laughs> but uh, that's so sad. I can't just I won't just sit and and you know sit in my house, sit in a chair, yeah. and sit there and read, and um, but. You know, yeah, and, and and then what what ends up happening inevitably is that I start like two or three books, and then I'm just fucking like, ah, oh, fuck it, I'll just not read any of them, and then put them down and buy something new. So, but the one thing about like the Hanson book or uh, some of those wrestling books is, um, they're it's kind of you know reading one chapter at a time. It's not like you know, like right now I'm reading the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Mm-hmm. And that's something you really get into and just go, you know, you want to keep reading, keep yeah. reading, keep reading. Whereas this one, you know, it's like anecdotes and, and he tells stories, you know, the chapters are broken down like in certain segments. So if you just read like one thing, it's like, yeah, that's kind of cool, you know, but you don't have to, I don't know. It, yeah. It's, you can the, read the, while you're pooping. The Steve Jobs book has been that way. It's broken up into chapters and um, I've just gotten to the um, the release of the Mac section, so... I think I actually had a, a dream about my Macintosh last night. I'm still trying to fucking get. I've only have one disc that works on the damn thing, so I still can't do anything with it. So, trying to trying to work around that. I bought a super drive. I'm going to try to write some 800k. Uh, it's really nerdy. It's dumb, but all right. So, <laughs> our first movie, self loathing, self loathing Mac. Uh, our first movie is uh, uh, Frank, Frank Capra's Arsenic and Old Lace from 1944. Um, and as I, as I said, probably and should be ashamed of myself. This is the um, the you know what I might have seen. Mister Smith goes to Washington. I've never seen It's a Wonderful Life all the way through. Never seen it happen one night. Uh, yeah, he's got a lot, and I've just for some reason I can't think of anything that I've made it all the way through. So this might be my first. That's um, all right. That's okay, honey. You do, you okay. doing all right. Mister Deeds, never seen that one. Wow, Adam Sandler's great. He is, isn't he? <laughs> um, so this is a product. I guess this is in the middle of Capra's career. Um, he, for, through the Great Depression, was he was uh, he was churning them out and was uh, you know very, he was making movies when me and my ex girlfriend broke up. Yeah, definitely the uh, <laughs> the Great Depression, the Dark Ages, as my wife and I. Oy. Um and apparently, you know, I think after after World War II, he slowed down a bit because his movies weren't kind of, you know, people wanted to see war movies and shit by that time. So, but um, so yeah, I'll let you uh, synopsize and stuff, and then I'll I'll get into it. Okay. Um, a drama critic learns on his wedding day that his beloved maiden's aunts or his beloved maiden aunts, I'm sorry, are homicidal <laughs> maniacs, and that insanity runs in the family. It's crazy. I like how I like how uh, Mortimer apparently doesn't even realize that insanity runs in his family. <laughs> anyway. I fucking realize insanity runs in my fucking family. Yeah. 
God, what a bunch of... I gotta see those fucking people. Christmas. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, Wonder how fat I am now. This is uh, based on a stage play. <laughs> <laughs> You'll hear it again, I'm sure. Oh, yep, yep, yep. I avoided it. I did good. Uh, I didn't hear anything about my appearance at all when I went home for holiday visit. So. Did you just like wear like a... a a giant sack over your entire. I did the Steven Seagal. I wore a fucking moo moo the whole time. I was there. <laughs> um, and this actually might be the first Cary Grant movie I've seen all the way through. I've never seen his work with Hitchcock or anything. So, um, this is a uh, and I, I never realized Cary Grant was a comedic actor. I guess when I haven't seen his movies, yeah. older mid-century movies are a definite, um, definite. Uh, empty space for me um I, I i love a lot what i usually see but mm-hmm. i haven't seen tons and tons of i guess staples and i guess this movie could be considered a staple yeah i, I not think really so. even heard much of it but it seems to be very well regarded um this is uh i just saw a little a silent trailer for the artist and i hope we get that at the uh yeah the that's theater. supposed to be the the uh you know oscar bait and a half yeah. So uh, I think we might get that. But um, so Cary Grant is he's uh, kind of uh, kind of reminded me of you because <laughs> so good looking, charismatic, so, so charismatic and good looking. But he's, uh, you know, the whole time, you know, he's got, he's built this reputation as a drama critic that marriage is worthless. And he wrote a book called Marriage is a Fraud and a Failure. <laughs> and uh <laughs> Uh, but the, I have uh, no idea what you're talking about. So he's trying to stay hidden uh, by marrying this girl, played by Priscilla Lane. Her name's Elaine. Priscilla Lane's a, a good-looking broad, I huh? say. Yeah. Some of these old movies, man, I'm telling you what, they yeah. have some fine-looking women. Not like modern-day like Mila Kunis fucking women. They have like <laughs> women that are, you know, that look like women. Yeah, I like women, and I like women. Women that look like women. I like some women that even can sort of look like dudes. But we'll you know, the next movie, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, no, no. Hey, ah, da, 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 da. Yeah, continue. Sorry, Will. Um, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, so he gets home and it's, it takes place on Halloween. I guess I got to mention how this movie starts. Yeah, yeah. Um, as a as a Yankee hater, uh, I wasn't. <laughs> this kind of it was. It was kind of funny for me. I, Capra apparently must be a Yankees fan. Are you talking about the baseball team or just people from the north? Yes. And um, the uh, <laughs> <laughs> so so basically, Capra just starts off the movie kind of taking a fun little dump on Brooklyn. Um, it says this is a Halloween tale of Brooklyn where anything can happen, and it usually does. And then he shows a, a random baseball game, and it, I think this must have been when uh, I know around this time the Yankees beat. Um, the Dodgers, Brooklyn Dodgers, uh, for the pennant, mm-hmm. and it must have been kind of egg, like kind of poking fun at that because he shows these ugly Dodgers fans in the audience with the Brooklyn bums like b- drum and stuff, and the uh, the umpire calls out a strike three on a Dodgers player, and he just turns around and hauls off and kick, <laughs> kick, punches him in the face, and um, and then you know it shows this big baseball fight and everything, and then. Uh, and then you know shows another caption says while at the same time across the river in the United States proper <laughs> there was a romance in the air so he's totally poking fun at Brooklyn this whole movie it seems like but I thought that was pretty funny isn't that where Emily's from she's from the Bronx so oh that's same thing yes. Yankee fucking 
northern she, snobby. She's not a Yankees fan though. She's from. I know. I know. Fan. But uh, she's uh, a Keith Hernandez fan. Good honor. Good honor. Um, so uh, Mets. We, uh, we we get we get the uh, the hint that things are amiss with this family, and I don't know why it took so long for Cary Grant. Had he had he been gone for a while? I don't know. Maybe he didn't in Brooklyn. Maybe he just had been in Manhattan for so long he hadn't even bothered to go and visit their strange little house next to the cemetery in Brooklyn. But he's got this brother that lives with two aunts. <laughs> and his brother played by Raymond Massey, who I didn't really recognize from anything else. I'm sure I've seen something, but he thinks he's Theodore Roosevelt, Teddy Roosevelt. And, uh, what? That wasn't uh, Raymond Massey, was it? Raymond Massey? I thought oh, Raymond no. Massey oh, you're was right, you're a- right. Sorry. Uh, what was the – he was – John Alexander, sorry. Yeah, yeah, Raymond Massey yeah. played John, his other brother, John Brewster. I guess they were all brothers. I don't know if they were cousins or brothers. They all shared the same last name. Yeah. Um, I think they were. I think they were. I think they were cousins, weren't they? Yeah, I think they were cousins. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. And uh, well, so sorry, John Alexander. Um, he thinks he's Teddy Roosevelt, and <laughs> that's some of the funniest scenes in the movie. Every time he runs up the stairs, uh, he screams, "John!" And uh, the uh, his, his it when he slams the door when he gets to the top of the stairs it makes the clock the clock hands fall down and that's something I always appreciate with these kind of movies and I, I mentioned it later in my notes but the uh, the I don't know how to describe these movies but it's kind of like a juggling act where there's a lot of little things constantly going on. Oh, they are brothers. All all three of them. Okay. Teddy. Yeah, I knew, and I knew Jonathan and uh, Mortimer were brothers because they, right. you know, they actually say that a few times. I couldn't remember. Duh. But uh, and he he plays he plays the trumpet a lot. Like he's charging, and his his, <laughs> his aunts just you you don't have a, you don't know exactly what their deal is yet, and they just kind of go along with it. Uh, that the you know that breaks the clock and everything every time and. But they, they're just like, hey, they think he's. He, they said, the stairs are always San Juan Hill was the was the quote, which is a you know Spanish American War famous battle that you know Teddy Roosevelt led the troops up the hill and blah blah blah. So every time he runs up the stairs, he yells charge, and then he goes and changes clothes for his his troops. And he, he looks like Teddy Roosevelt. He does. He does. Big guy with a little mustache. He wears those glasses that pinch the top of his nose. And um, but the, some really funny parts for that for in that. Um, the uh, the the people around the house are always really funny too. Like the cops that walk around, um, one of them says, "This is a, this is the kind of comedy it is. It's like you know, totally lacking sensitivity." But it says, "Isn't it a shame that a nice family like this is hatching a cuckoo?" <laughs> uh, you know, about the guy they can hear him yelling outside, and uh, the cab driver is also very funny standing outside. Uh, I thought I thought Cary Grant was really, and this is where it surprised me because I thought, I mean, you got some hints that it was a comedic role for him as well when uh at the beginning when he's trying to hide from uh, the media trying to stay hidden about being married because he didn't want anybody to know he was married yet but uh when he's running around the cemetery uh kind of playing around with his now wife i guess elaine um kind of he sits on top of a gravestone at one point and he's like you know pay, playing you know peeking around behind a tree and stuff and it's kind of funny seeing this, you know, classic face that you've, you know, seen for years and years acting so goofy. You know, he's it's almost uh, 
slapsticky at times. A lot, yeah, well, a lot yeah. of this movie is. So he he sells it well. I mean, you he know, does, it's he like does. the 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 facial expressions and the double, you know, uh, you know, double takes and stuff like that. Lots of good double takes. Uh, it, it, some of the double takes in the film reminded me of like Three Stooges mm-hmm. you know, when somebody yeah. would say something absurd and like it was it wasn't like. You do, you just turn around real quick. It's an entire body like convulsion. <laughs> it's like what you know. It's almost like a you know. It's a it's a it's a pantomime. You know, whereas mm-hmm. some people, if they you know, if they if they were in a movie like this, you know, they it wouldn't work because you you have to do that. You have to be over the top with your 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 body movements and your facial expressions and stuff like that. <laughs> so um, we finally get the. Um, well, I, I got to mention the the ugly kid photo. I got a good laugh out of that. Uh, <laughs> they're going through some old stuff. I don't. Was the was it of Jonathan? Mm-hmm. The, the so they're looking through these old photos and they pull out this hideous photo of this little kid in a bonnet and everything. And <laughs> and Mortimer says you ought to throw that in the fire with my books because he's planning on burning burning his books now that you know he's pro-marriage not anti-marriage anymore but i thought that was really funny that they just totally shit on this photo and apparently the ants have they have, he's been gone for a while this this brother jonathan yeah it, it, it's like that's just a family thing i guess i you know maybe i need to get used to that too mm-hmm. you, you know they're just brutal and shit on you and just fucking <laughs> basically te- their job is to tear you down and keep you humble or and or neurotic mess yep yep <laughs> Fatso. what a fatty you fucking, you're going to be ashamed of those tattoos someday. No, I was talking about you. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So then we get the we get the reveal that um, not only is uh, Teddy Roosevelt Brewster the uh, a crazy, but his, the ants are as well. When um, when uh, Mortimer, who's Cary Grant, Mortimer discovers the body in a window box, a <laughs> little seat underneath the window. And I, I don't remember the exact uh, how it exactly played out. I do have written down that I think he opened the box and is just like, "Hey, Mister," and that was one of the <laughs> that was one of the double takes when he you know he lifts it up, looks inside, then just closes it like nothing after saying, "Hey, Mister," and then he's like, "Whoa," you know, looks what? back in the box. So uh, the ants basically they uh, they kill guys, they poison men that are because I think a guy died in their house that was visiting that renting a room, and they just love that scene so much of this you know lonely old man being all peaceful in their house that they kept repeating it over and over again. Lonely old bachelors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're, put, they're putting them out of their misery. They're helping them. Yeah, so they, and they use this elderberry wine that they've poisoned. They, they, go with the, they talk about the, the, uh, the recipe and everything with the arsenic and the strychnine, or no, cyanide and uh, one other, I can't remember. Just a pinch of cyanide, <laughs> strychnine, arsenic, and a pinch, just a pinch. Yeah, so then they're talking about this latest guy in the box. They haven't had a time to bury them in the uh, in the cellar yet, but they're like, you know, talking about him. Like, oh, he's a Methodist? Isn't that nice? <laughs> this movie's kind of like Snowtown, except funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's some of the times the, the interactions with the ants reminded me of, uh, have you ever seen the show Little Britain? Uh, no, I haven't. No, a little. It, it seemed like is it a foreign movie. Foreign? No, no, no. It's a it's a TV show. A, it's a Brit. Yeah, it's a British sketch show. But they they, uh, they these guys will dress up like women all the time. And this seems like totally. Like, uh, 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 no, no, no. It's funny. I promise. Uh, I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna post some clips. So it's so gay. Um, we do we do <laughs> we do see one of them is gay. Um, we do see. Uh, that's all right. It's it. So this is play, taking place on Halloween, and I thought it was odd that one of the ants was giving out entire jack o' lanterns to trick or treaters. <laughs> Instead, of, it wasn't candy. There was all these trick or treaters with these 
awesome like creepy masks yeah just because you know halloween costumes back then were so like uh i guess just patched together that the masks always since they were just cheap they always looked horrific just because they were just kind of cheap looking but i liked them a lot but these these kids are at the back door and the answer just handing out jack-o'-lanterns instead of candy which is odd i don't know if that was something but that's what the nazis did in concentration camps you just you, you just took pumpkins and made soup out of it Ugh. <laughs> so um fuck mel gibson yeah the uh at this point in the movie <laughs> uh you I re- you get a good sense i, I really like uh the uh, cinematography that happens, a lot of the good shots in the house, and this this is you can tell this is a play because the whole film takes place largely either right outside the house or in this living room. Yeah, um, there's you know there's some fat, fantastic zooms in when when they first reveal uh, Jonathan Brewster, the long lost brother, um, and they zoom in and everybody makes the joke all or I guess not the joke that of you know somebody creepy famous that he looks like. Uh, mm. That was but, funny. Yeah, but because even before they did that, as soon as I saw him, I was like, "Hey, that guy looks like you know." Yeah, yeah. And then that's the whole. That's kind of like a running thing. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, you get Peter for Lord, for a reason. Who, who Peter Laurie is a fucking creep. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, but it's it's funny. I, I remember him most from. They would always. Uh, I mean, I've I've, I've seen um, I've seen the Casablanca dozens of times. I love mm. one of my favorites of all time, but he. Um, he was always parodied in Looney Tunes cartoons. Yeah, Looney Tunes. Yeah, yeah and great. he's definitely on the Looney Tunes like like style in this one. I mean, that's, that's that this this kind of appearance by him is what they would always talk, always do in uh, in Looney Tunes. But um, I like I, I did like with the Teddy Roosevelt thing how everybody would play along with it eventually. You know, it would take everybody aback, then every, eventually just go along with it. Mm-hmm. Um, how they would kind of manipulate him, like yeah, yeah. I mean, John, like, Jonathan was getting annoyed with him, and he just says, "I'm Woodrow Wilson. Go to bed." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, with the cinematography, you know, the um, the zoom in when they reveal him, and the the I love the contrasty lighting, and when they have the dark house, you know, it's that it, it's a hard scene to film. I think when it's completely dark, you don't see what's going on, but you get a good idea. There's good audio, so you get you know you can hear people tripping around, but you see. There's just enough light in places where you can see, you know, shadows pass. And yeah. I love the lighting from the cellar whenever they would open the door. It was super bright and blown out. Um, yeah, it's kind of shot like an old school horror movie, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Like, uh, just. Um, yeah, no, I mentioned the juggling act earlier. Uh, the, uh, you know, like Elaine is always in, she's in and out of the house. She lives across the street from the ants. Um, she's always in and out of the house, and in, in this point, uh, Cary Grant is just freaking out. He's running back and forth. He's trying to figure out how to get his brother to safety. He's trying to figure out what to do with his aunts, keep keep their secret hidden in the basement. And then his brother's there, and his brother's a big creep, and he's having to deal with that too. And uh, so Elaine's in and out, and he's just like, you know, he's having a half conversation with her at times, and do- then doesn't even realize that she's there. He's like, oh, well, hey, hey, Elaine, what are you doing here? Yeah. it's almost like a fucking three is company episode yeah yeah uh, you know and the the taxi driver, what are you doing here yeah. grant keeps running by the taxi driver outside who keeps telling it like reminding him like oh i'm waiting for you you know but it's that that has some funny one-liners too that i won't give away um and you know the awesome play the in play with shadows in the cellar because uh, mm. jonathan ends up being as you know you get to see that the entire family definitely has uh, mental issues that keep uh, surfacing. 
uh, one of the cops says, I knew this would end up in the nut house, which is pretty funny. <laughs> uh, was that the cop or was that the cab driver? One of somebody outside. Um, yeah, there's a good fight scene where <laughs> you don't see much of the fight. You just see like chairs flying and yeah. people come in frame and like some great like chair shot, like bring it back to pro wrestling, some great chair shots uh, <laughs> where the chairs just fucking just uh, dis- like bust into splinters on somebody's back. And, but they just, br- <laughs> they just brush yeah. it off. It's like, how the hell could somebody sit on that fucking chair? It was, it's so flimsy, yeah. you know? Yeah. So um, what the hell? Good. Uh, but yeah, the movie's just, uh, it's, it's, frenetic it oh, after it gets going it's just like you know people up and down stairs and just just insanity back and forth it's 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 very very good it's um and there's another uh i'll just end it with this the there's another good uh brooklyn poke when uh, one of the ants says the neighborhood has changed so especially after they won that pennant thing so i thought that was pretty funny too but this is uh what good I'm just letting you carry the day, man. No, I was looking at a picture of big tits. Oh, big tits. Okay. No, sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, go ahead. No, seriously. Quit that <laughs> shit. That's not funny. So, um, but yeah, this is. Uh, I'll I'll let you fill in some stuff here. I don't want to just go over the whole movie, but um, this is uh, this was a blind spot for me, and I'm really glad I watched it. So yeah, it was good. Uh, or well, no, wait a minute. I shouldn't say that. Um, I like when they use like uh, old old terms, like uh, you know, if somebody punches somebody in the mouth, they say you know he hit him in the puss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I I really liked it. And this way we were talking about uh, the um, how it's kind of shot, Capra shot it, uh, sort of like old school um, horror movie or whatever. Mm-hmm. There there was a couple scenes where shadows were used big time, uh, like you said that fight scene. Um, uh, Cary Grant's sitting on a, on on the steps, and behind him you see the brawl, but just the shadows of what's going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then uh, there was one scene where Jonathan is talking to Peter Lorre, who is sitting there, and he's telling him, "I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this," and he's like wringing his hands and doing the <laughs> Boris Karloff Ed Wood thing, you know, yeah. with the hands, and you see his, you don't see Jonathan, but you see Jonathan's shadow, and that's. That was him. a really cool scene. He was talking, but you saw all you saw was his shadow and Peter Lorre reacting to him. Um, and, uh, it's a lot of zaniness in this. Um, there, uh, I like the fact that, um, just like the old school, like you said, uh, Three Stooges movies or something like that, mm-hmm. where um, they, they're, it works because people in it are intent or intentionally or unintentionally. Or I don't know if it's intentionally or unintentionally really stupid. <laughs> right. But the thing that works in this is is that they make fun of the fact that people in things like this are stupid. Yep. Is as uh, Cary Grant talks about a play that he was you know talking about. Um, there was a one scene where the, uh, the the cops are brawling with somebody, and uh, they like hit him with night. Th- uh, one guy, one cop <laughs> hits him with a nightstick over the head, and then the other one comes over, and it's just like a clunk, you know, like uh, you know, you know, <laughs> clunk him over the head. Which I, I liked when they hit him with that. How his hair kind of fluffed up. You could tell it wasn't a hard <laughs> club that he actually hit him uh, with, but his hair. You saw his hair kind of tussle a little bit. Uh, the the cops. Um, I I I've thought for sure. 
that after the action attraction movie that you would say that this was right wing propaganda because <laughs> the cops are so inept and part of the bureaucracy. But man, they are fucking inept. They're they're hilariously inept. Um, uh, another vernacular thing. Instead of saying murder, they say moita. Moita. <laughs> Yeah, well, some of them do. Like, I think it was probably a cop, you know, because there's like, you know, supposedly Irish or whatever, you know, immigrants or something like that. Um, Peter Lorre's, uh, you know, uh, Dr. Einstein. <laughs> you know, that was kind of cool. He's Dr. Einstein. They're like, who? Um, and then, you know, my first note was I hit my toe. And that was like so bad. Uh, <laughs> it was bad, people. Um, it was a Sammy type hit almost. Jesus Christ, it was bad. Um, that's that's about all I have. You covered just about everything. It's it's just a fun. It's I can I could see like this movie would be a good movie if you had a kid mm-hmm. uh, that if you wanted to play him a movie for Halloween and they weren't old enough for something that was like that would really like scare them. I could you know uh, like the Jonathan character is kind of a scary looking guy. Yeah. But it's all madcap and it's all kind of funny. But it does definitely have a, a Halloween feel mm. and everything. And I like that. Um, <laughs> it didn't wouldn't work. Um, oh, um, I, one thing. And this this uh, the only reason I mentioned this is because of the next movie we're going to be uh, reviewing is. Because people know that um, Cary Grant's uh, character is a is a critic and that he sees all these plays and stuff like that, everybody is pitching him their idea, just like you know people were pitching somebody in the other, in the next movie, and he's just like oh god because he gets it so much. You just know that everybody that comes up to him, no matter who it is, like I got this wonderful idea, or I wrote this thing. You want to read it? You know, so he's kind of rolling his eyes there. And Cary Grant, like like you said, I'm I. I know I knew that he did movies like this, mm-hmm. and 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 just light movies. Um, and uh, I think he did a really good job. Um, he he definitely has a knack for it, and and I don't. I think it. You know, it's something. Like I said, I I think to in you know today. I was thinking while I was watching this movie. Um. What Hollywood, if somebody in Hollywood saw this, you know how they love to remake stuff, how they would remake it, who they would cast in it, and how bad it would fail. Because I don't think that as looking at it as almost like a uh, a time capsule kind of movie, you you accept certain things and think to yourself, you know, this is, this is quaint or this is, this is really, you know, kind of nice and, and, and how it's made and everything. But if they tried to go with that today, I think that, that somebody would, would try and totally either totally uh, retro it and, and do everything the exact same way, which wouldn't get over mm-hmm. with modern actors and with any, you know, just doing it that way. But, or they would take it and they would make it really super duper raunchy and Danny McBride and you know whoever else would be in it and it would be like uh but anyway I um yeah I liked it I th- I I really enjoyed it um it's a uh it's uh, I never even had heard of it until you, yeah. you brought it up so you know and uh, yeah I'm glad I finally fl- seen it I'll, I'll have to 
someday I'm going to finish more <laughs> more Capra movies. There's no reason that I haven't. It's just I think he's one of those directors that does long films too. So um, usually I will uh, yeah. get yeah, sidetracked or something. This was, this was almost two hours too. So yeah, uh, yeah right close to it. And I mean, I guess I guess if you want to get nitpicky, it could have been shorter. Um, some of the some of the center of the film where it's kind of a back and forth with Mortimer and Jonathan uh, yeah. deciding what what the fate of everybody's going to be. It, it went on a little long, and in uh, and, and the parts with uh, I guess with Mortimer trying to get his brother uh, committed, same thing. Mm-hmm. But um, overall, very very funny. Um, and I definitely, definitely recommend this one. And, and for everybody in the U.S., it is on Instant Watch, so mm-hmm. you can definitely check it out. Uh, we can get into our, our grades and such. Um, I guess uh, I mean Cary Grant was the highlight for me. He's very like I never realized he would act goofy, but that's just because of you know his films are just a blind spot for me. And uh, I liked Peter Laurie a lot too. Um, he's so mm-hmm. so creepy, but uh, easily recommended for me. And I'd give this a eight out of ten. I, there's not that much I can find that's wrong with it. Like you said, we're so used to hour and a half movies mm-hmm. that if anything that's over an hour and a half, it's it really seems like no matter how good you know, nah, there's certain movies that, that if they're really action packed, you know, uh, that, that it, it goes by really quickly. But yeah, that's the only thing. But that that's just old school, and most of the movies back then were you know two hour deals. Um, I I probably give it like a uh, like maybe like an eight 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 point five. Uh, I I would be telling because but the thing is, honest to God, I can't think of anything that stood out that was wrong for me not to give it like a, a ten. <laughs> but but um, yeah, I would say about eight point eight point five. But I really did think it was good, and I recommend it. Uh, you know, even. People that don't like watching older movies, you know, there's some people that are like, ah, it's in black and white, or you know, I don't like watching the old stuff. It's fun. It's yeah, a, it's fun it to watch. It's funny, and the the comedy it, it still works. It does. Cool. High recommends from both of us. Eight eight point five. We well, let's take a break. Why don't we come Good. back and review a movie that's not nearly as funny, but we'll see how we thought. Uh, King of Comedy. From 1983, Martin Scorsese. We'll be right back. Crom, I have never played to you before. I have no tongue for it. No one, not even you, will remember if we were good podcasters or bad. Why we recorded or why we voicemailed. All that matters is Metal Mikey stood against many. That's what's important. Valor pleases you, Krom. So grant me one request. Grant me action attraction. And if you do not listen, let to hell with you. Action Attraction, the action movie review podcast. You can find Action Attraction through MetalMikey.Lipson.com or at www.PennyCult.com or by searching for Action Attraction in iTunes. Mother, I 
back from break. Little uh, guided by voices there. GBV, if you will, daddy. Do you know that Glee probably has sold more albums than any than all the people that we have had on our show musically combined? Yes, I do know that, and it repulses me. Glee. Uh, Glee cast. Emily Glee and Eric. Cast. We had an ad for them. Promo yeah. something. You ought to go on there and be a guest uh, person on there, and, and, and you could talk about Glee. I love it so much. I would fucking ruin their show. Just obliterate it. Glee would be better if it had like some rape, <laughs> incest, rape, and what else? Strangling. Overt racism. Yeah, overt racism and like uh, uh, torture with plastic bags over the head. Terry Funk style. Terry Funk in the Omni Baby. You coming round here, shooting off your mouth, daddy. My Dusty's going down the tubes. I don't do it too much anymore. It just sounds like me with fucking talking with a lisp like you. <laughs> you fa la la, fuck you. Oh, fuck my life. Tis the season to be jolly. Fa la 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 la, fuck my life. That's a nice card from Doug Tilly. Oh, I mean, what? What's That's all right? Who's who's that? Um. So yeah, we're uh, we're gonna do Martin Scorsese film, nineteen eighty three, now called King of Comedy, starring uh, this little guy named. Robert De Niro, you might have heard of him. Bobby D. And another one that you might have heard of, Jerry Lewis. Hmm. He's, I, wonder what, I wonder what ever happened to these guys. Oh, hey. And uh, Will's, Will's, one of Will's favorite ladies, Sandra Bernhardt, is in there and uh, some other people I did not recognize. Let me tell you something, Daddy. I got a comment to make about that. Okay. I make no bones about that I have been in the past enamored with Mila Jovovich, okay? <laughs> and Will makes his little comments about uh, me liking twinks because she is, you know, thin and has no boobs and has no butt. But, my God, <laughs> he is attracted to what basically would be David Lee Roth's head. <laughs> A David Lee Roth's ugly sister... Oh my fucking god. Jesus Christ. That boy has so many issues. He doesn't like Michael Douglas. He doesn't like Black Rain, babe. And he likes Sandra Bernhardt. Give me a fucking break, daddy o. Oh, it's it's rough. Uh, Those Canadians, my god. Jesus Christ. Don't Fuck a start. duck. Fuck a duck. All right. All right. It's that voice. So life. um this is uh this is one you hadn't seen either, right? I remember this being on TV. Okay. And or like me, you know, discovering De Niro and wanting to watch stuff that he was in and like I would start watching this and I'd be like, eh, and I wouldn't watch it. So I attempted to watch it a couple times. You know, I, I saw this at a time where pretty much the only Scorsese films I had seen were Goodfellas, mm-hmm. Taxi Driver, and probably um, uh, 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 Jonah Hex. Jonah Hex, yep. Um, the uh, no, uh, what was the one I'm thinking of? I totally just lost it. Um, Casino, uh, Raging Bull. Sorry, Raging Bull. So it kind of it it seemed very different to me. And I, after watching, you know, lots of Scorsese at this point. I see it's not not a super change of direction for him, especially with the themes involved, but um, this is kind of like a funnier taxi driver, I guess. But uh-huh. 
so nah. we um, I'll, I'll go ahead and synopsize and I'll Aspiring comic Rupert Pupkin. Oh, that name sounds familiar. Yeah, I've heard that before. Aspiring comic Rupert Pupkin wants to achieve success in showbiz by resorting to stalking his idol, a late-night talk show host who craves his own privacy. So, simple enough. Um, and this is from 83, as I said, which is definitely after Raging Bull. Um, right around, let's see. I don't even remember what, was, what he was doing around this time. Uh, I was one year from graduating high school. 83 in second grade. Yay. I could have beat your ass. I could have just fucking, we could, you could have been my little pal. I could have like, you know, you could have been like Opie and I could have been like Barney or Gomer. Oh, not Gomer. Cause Gomer probably would have been sticking his finger up Ronnie Howard's asshole. <laughs> so this is right between Rachel. Hours. After hours is definitely a, uh, uh, yeah, I remember that one. A different kind of Scorsese film. But anyway. Scorsese? Uh, what? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. I did not know that. And I just did a Johnny Carson impersonation. How fitting. Fucking A. And that was not planned, people. So I'll let you take the lead here. Wild stuff. Um, this movie's all right. It's, uh, it's you know, it's okay. Uh, I just um, – I. Now you know the, I think I think with this movie going back to what we were talking about me starting to watch it and then not watching it um at the time when I was younger like I said maybe this you know uh, probably by the time it was on VHS or they started showing it on TV I might have been early college or you know maybe even senior in high school mm-hmm. and um I saw you know taxi driver and these other Scorsese movies, or maybe it was even later. I can't remember when I when I attempted to watch it. Uh, but I say, say you say Casino, uh, uh, Taxi Driver. Uh, uh, yeah, I'd, def- I'd seen Casino before this as well. But but, but I'm, I'm I'm even just thinking De Niro movies. You know, The Deer Hunter, uh, Raging Bull, and stuff like that. And I'm thinking De Niro in this. Uh, I was putting De Niro kind of in a box mm-hmm. and thinking, you know, okay, man, I want to see everything that fucking De Niro's in. And then I watched this and I was like, what the fuck is this? What's this shit? <laughs> He's fucking not even cool in this. He's just fucking <laughs> dipshit. So then I, uh, you know, and I didn't watch it with like an open mind thinking outside the box of sure. De Niro. So anyway, okay, you got a first France. And um, this movie. <laughs> There are people out there that that say this is the, like their favorite movie of all time, and or it's like one of the best movies, like or Scorsese's best, and this and that. Um, it's all subjective, of course. They're you know I I, I don't know. Um, it's a if you look at it th- through. The eyes of someone like, you know, maybe you are, you know, uh, just a teenager or something like that. I don't think that you'll get it. You'll get it just for what it is on face value. Yeah, yeah. But you won't get it as far as how kind of dark and complex and what uh, there's there's – there's stuff there that, you know, it's not just, okay, here's this goofy guy. Uh, and he wants to be a comedian, and then he, this guy's famous, and he 
tries to get him to be on his show. That's very simple, you know, bam, bam, bam. But it's it's a, it like you said, it almost it has a kind of a scary mm-hmm. uh, a side to it. Uh, you know, like I said, both these movies that we reviewed this week were you know like dark comedies. Um, you know, and, and touching on that, the with uh, and and back with what you were saying about De Niro, I remember especially the first time watching this. You're expecting a certain behavior to always happen, mm-hmm. whether it does or not. I won't say, but right. you know, and it, it might be just because I'm conditioned, you know, by watch by my De Niro watching history to think a certain way. And um, you know. yeah, and, and and the thing is, is um, looking at the character of Rupert Pupkin. Uh, you can look at him. It, it's it's almost like the guy um, where you know someone would go into and make, I was listening to somebody review uh, the one with Michael Douglas uh, uh, where he is like the right wing guy and gets the bag of guns and goes around and start. All right, um, uh, sta- uh, fuck, not standing tall. What's uh, walking tall? Well, it's. Uh, uh, um, uh, well, I can't remember. Anyway, I'll, I'll look it up. Go ahead. But, but you know, people they, they were he, the guy was talking about you know people uh, misinterpreting what they were going for, and there were some people from the like like the they they uh, uh, it's uh, Schumacher I think is the guy that did that. Oh, and, uh, 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 shit! I almost had it. Go ahead. Something. <laughs> God damn. Yes. Falling down. <laughs> yes, falling down. Okay. But <laughs> yes, he said that 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 uh, that that uh, Michael Douglas's character and that was the original Tea Party guy. But um, instead of people seeing him as this, you know, this guy is a scary psycho, which is what they were going for. He said, "I wanted to make this movie because you know people were going into McDonald's, pulling out a gun, and shooting a bunch of people. People were like, yeah, that guy fucking rules. Mm-hmm. He's he he fucking kicks ass. He does what you know, like they got on this macho thing. Well, Rupert Pupkin." Um, and, and even people that do do that, that do crazy shit like going in and killing people or or whatever, uh, you know, they'd be like, "Wow, well, he was such a nice guy," you know, and everything. Rupert Pupkin is a super duper, very. <sighs> there were times in this movie where I felt sorry for him, but he is very he is so unlikable. He is yeah. such a fucking just. A goof, a geek, a, a, a obnoxious, and he's so unlikable that that is – it's hard. That was another reason when I would watch it, I'd be like, God, you know, who's the, who's the good guy in this? You know, yeah. who's the well, – you know, me, even Jerry Lewis, you know, it's like who's the – but it, 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 it is still very relevant today because you see and, – and I've I have a book. Um, that Dr. Drew Pinsky wrote called The Mirror Effect. And he talks about this, you know, uh, our society today and celebrity narcissism. Mm-hmm. But not only that, but how fans are look look toward these people and they like, I, I want to be this person. I want to. And how you know, people can turn into stalkers, become obsessed with these people. You see – where Letterman comes home and there's some fucking woman in his house and she's writes him all the time. And she thinks that they have a relationship. Um, now with the, with the pumpkin thing for me, it's like, 
I on the one it's like I can feel I can feel the frustration of Jerry Lewis's character with uh, with Pupkin always showing up, always being right. there. Yeah, and yeah. at the same time, it's like I feel sorry for him. I feel sorry for Rupert Pupkin a lot. Uh, like when uh, there's a really fucking depressing scene where he he just all he needs is a phone. And he's standing at this one non-broken payphone in the middle of Times Square or whatever, just like holding his hand on the on the receiver, yep. so it looks like so people won't say, "Why are you just yeah. standing next to this phone?" And he, you know, he's falling asleep while he's standing there, and it's just yeah. like I feel really sorry for him at that point. Well, too. it 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 addresses sort of the the concept, okay, uh, in America or wherever it is, is like you know. Um, if you have a dream, you should go for it. You should do everything you can. You should dedicate yourself to doing this. Okay, and in some ways, he is doing that. Mm-hmm. He is being so um, – he's there all the time. He's showing up at the office all the time. He's calling all the time, hoping that he'll just get that one inch where he can inch his way in, which he gets – Sort of to an extent at the at the beginning where he has this uh, situation where he, he and uh, Jerry Lewis's character are thrown together and he actually gets to talk to him. He has a forum. He actually is getting to talk. It's not uh, it's not just fantasy anymore. Right. He has him there and he has this dream. He wants to. Um, he that it, it is his dream. He's following now. Okay, his persistence can be construed as being very annoying, but it can be construed as being admirable because he's going after his dream. If you look at it just from a certain perspective. Now, you have to take into account, too, that I believe that Rupert is a bit schizophrenic. Yeah. Because some of the scenes that I really liked, that uh, they almost had a. I'm sure like maybe even like a Seinfeld feel of it where he's in his basement and uh, the one Seinfeld episode where Kramer found Merv Griffin's old set and sets it up in his apartment <laughs> yeah, 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 and sits there and has a talk show in his apartment. He acts it out. Well, that obviously is biting off of this movie mm-hmm. because Rupert has a, you know, like this wallpaper that looks like uh, – you know, a, a crowd of people, and he gets up and performs in front of it. And and he, and I like how Scorsese did the um, the switchover of his his um, his fantasy or his delusion, uh, uh, where you know it's almost like right at first, Pupkin is talking to. Um, you know the Jerry Lewis, which is is you know it's definitely a a kind of a ripoff of uh, not a ripoff, but uh, like to Johnny Carson because he even says you know when you when you took over for Jack Parr and blah 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 blah, and he even has the show. It's it's just like Carson's you know Tonight Show used to be, but he you know they show Pupkin and he's sitting there talking. You're like oh yeah he's having this conversation, and then they show they cut to the actual conversation, which is Rupert in his basement, just talking. He's carrying on this conversation with nobody. It's in his mind. He's having a, 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 a hallucination, uh, you know, a, who knows, maybe like a hallucination or I, I don't know if he was actually 
schizophrenic. Like he was, I, I think, kind of that way. But he might, it might have just been like a fantasy, like he's just um, practicing. Yeah. Or he is, like every conversation actually he seeing has. seeing it happen that way. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. We, I really you don't like know if he's actually, like, yeah, you don't know if he's actually a lunatic where he's actually seeing, uh, the, 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 like a, having delusions and actually seeing auditory and visual uh, hallucinations. Right, right. You can, maybe, maybe not, because he's just so goofy. That you could just see him like actually going down and like he's almost like practicing his conversation. But he kind of <sighs> the fact that it's shown, uh, and, I, and I, I have a note on it on what what uh, Jerry's office looks like. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. fucking amazing. It's got like neon lights through the ceiling and yeah. like clear plastic desks and and chairs and yeah. This is definitely a time capsule. Even when you said about the the uh, <laughs> the, the line of phone booths, you know, yeah, where do yeah. you see like phone booths like that anymore? But it, it's uh, Rupert is he's totally imagining that whole meeting too in that in that office, mm-hmm. and it probably doesn't even look like that in yeah. reality. But uh, yeah, yeah, it yeah. It's think of it that I you know it's like you know Scorsese Scorsese doesn't let on whether or not he thinks that's going on or if that's just his imagination or what. So, um, well, he doesn't, he doesn't, if someone was actually to me, if someone was full blown, and I'm not like a goddamn psychiatrist or anything, but, uh, I would think if they were full blown schizophrenic, that they would be walking down the street, talking to fucking, you know, somebody that's right, 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 right. He doesn't do that. He does it in his own little world. He has like, you know, um, but the the one thing that I liked when I was saying about you know the, him being down in his basement doing this was his mom. You never see his mom, but you hear <laughs> Rupert. Who are you talking to? How are you, talking are you doing? To you know what are you doing? Mom, shut up! You know, and I love that. That every time that happened, I wish they would have even done. I could have just watched the whole thing of him just and his mom having this interaction. Uh, you know, and her poor son, and and um. That was like Costanza and his mom. I, I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like Seinfeld, you know. Um, uh, I've always, like I said, through all the other movies that I've seen with De Niro, you know, no matter who he was playing or whatever, you know, he had this certain coolness about him. He went out of his way to do everything to look like a fucking kind of a sleazy. Um, I don't know, like the the little tiny, the little mustache, the, the the hair, and the suits. Those yeah, ugly yeah, ass yeah. blue, like light blue suits and, and fucking white shoes and shit like that. Um, and when he, there was a scene where uh, uh, Will's girlfriend, <laughs> that she, she's kind of, it's almost like um, you, you, he, he sets it up, Scorsese sets it up uh, where the, you know, you have the people hanging out outside the, in wrestling, we would hang out when we were kids outside the locker room mm-hmm. to, to watch the wrestlers come in, and then when they leave, get their autographs or get them coming in, where get to talk to them. Well, these are like the grown adults, and they're standing outside the stage door, and um, you know they all know each other because they're all there all the time. They're like, "Hey, Rupert, you know, I got uh, Lee Majors or something. I don't know." And um, but she's there, and he knows her; she knows him. But it's like the hierarchy of nerddom. Or stalker dumb or whatever, because he <laughs> he he looks down on her and she's like, ah, oh, you're fucking full of shit, you know, you you yeah yeah you you think you have a relationship with him? Well, then give him this, and she he's like, I can't do that, you know. Uh, Jerry and I have a really good relationship there, so they set that thing how he feels about Bernhardt, but there was a a, a um, 
a scene where she where they kind of pool their resources and they team up. Mm-hmm. They have a super villain team up. <laughs> um, and when they do, uh, Rupert changes his attire and he, I said he looked like a, a cross between Tony Clifton, who was the character that Andy Kaufman played, where he would put on all this makeup. Yes, or did he? With that mustache and the big fucking super big glasses. Yeah, it looked, it looked like something you would run your weed eater with, you know, so you don't get injured. Bernhard's goo goo goggles are amazing, is what I said. Yeah. I said. She probably gets wind resistance from those when walking because they're fucking wider than her whole head. Yeah, uh, he, he, she weighs he, like a buck ten. At they're most. huge, and and they cover they like let no light in whatsoever. They even have the the things on the sides and everything. <laughs> but he looked like a cross, almost kind of like a cross between Tony Clifton and Sean Penn in the Falcon and the Snowman. <laughs> and uh, and De Niro did a movie with Sean Penn where they played these um, kind of like – it was almost like a Three Stooges-esque movie where they were criminals that mm-hmm. escaped a chain gang and went and lived with these – they were hiding out with these monks. And even in that movie, the facial expressions with Penn and De Niro, they kind of looked alike. And so then when I saw him with that hair and that mustache, I was like, he looks like fucking Sean Penn from Falcon and Snowman. Anyway, um, I kind of wondered – was, so was, were they supposed to be blind? Is that their like cover? Well, he had that that cane. Yeah, and it if was, she's supposed to be blind, why was she driving the car? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're, they're not the brightest, you know, people in the world. And that fucking gun looked so it did it looked fake. I mean, you know, I guess I would hate to have to try and find out if a gun's fake if somebody has a gun on you. Yeah, but yeah. they decide to go to ex- extraordinary measures to to um, for for their own means, Rupert, so he can somehow live his dream or just get his foot in the door and her with her obsession you know of of she actually in her mind thinks that she has a relationship with uh, and and she's a scary fucking looking stalker because like i said she's so she she's so goddamn ugly um it's the skinny that got me like her her face is her face is just whatever but I mean, Ugh. she's just a for me like she's unusual looking in the face, but I can't get I, past that fucking face. She was a fucking skeleton. It was so ugh. You get to see her running in her bra and underwear, and ugh. Her <laughs> <laughs> um, fucking legs were just gonna like snap from the weight of her upper body. I was, I was. You're so used to seeing Jerry Lewis growing up as a kid. You're so used to seeing Jerry Lewis with Dean Martin and playing that that um, over the top uh, wow. yeah. character that you. This movie really shows you. I mean, the guy could act. Yeah, and he had a certain charisma. He could. He could. He could. Uh, it, it always shocked me when I was a kid, and you would watch the um, like Labor Day telethon. That he was up there, and he didn't talk like that. You know, he would up, yeah, Barb. You know, I got the, you know, and and he just it was like, uh, I don't know, uh, I, but he's he's all right. Uh, Bernhardt, ugly <laughs> wacko. Uh, let's see. Um, there was a scene where Rupert Pupkin was walking down the street, and a guy was walking right beside him who looked like Nigel Tufnell from Spinal Tap. <laughs> I didn't he had that. glasses, hair, and he had like this black t-shirt, sleeveless t-shirt that had like fluorescent green stuff on it that maybe like, I don't know, like skeleton bones yeah. or something. I can't remember what it was, but I was like, oh my God. Um, I kind of wondered a few times if the um, 
if the people in the background were extras or were they just like people that were there? Like, and they're walking down the street and they start, uh, him and uh, Pupkin and um, Bernhard are walking down the street and uh, they get in an argument and there's people like kind of walking by and they kind of stop and look over their shoulder like, what the hell's yeah. going on? Well, and, well, and there's, I, a, there's another scene in particular where they're in the restaurant and I don't know if you notice this, there's a dude behind Rupert in the restaurant and mm-hmm. Rupert's talking with his hands as he does through the whole movie and the guy's imitating him. <laughs> did you notice that it was an older uh, guy bigger guy and he's like doing the same kind of hand movements like in the background and yeah. I don't know if like he was just there in that restaurant and, just, and Scorsese just left it in or I uh, think it would be difficult to um, I mean I think it would be cool to to to, to think that or that and, you know maybe it did happen I don't know but I think it would be so difficult to shoot anything without you know, and, and and with just regular people walking around without them being in on it, yeah, because yeah. you would have so many goofs. Like at the beginning of the Louis C.K. show, they show him walking down the street at the intro, and he walks into a pizza parlor. And of course, as he's in there eating a piece of, of pizza, uh, you know, guys are walking by, giving the camera the finger and stuff. The people would do that so much, especially in New York. You know, it's fucking assholes. Anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, I like uh, there was a, a part where, and 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 I'm sure. That famous people get this all the time, but uh, Jerry Lewis w- would go walking down the street, you know, which that was almost kind of gave me a – the whole movie gave me a creepy John Lennon feel Yeah. Uh, for, you know, these – like John Lennon moved to New York because he was like, hey, you know, New York is the only place where a famous person could just, you know, be out. There's so many people who just walk down the street and just be one of the masses, which was his mistake because you're not. And you have these creepy, weird people that can just come right up to you and, you know, the guy killed him, which very easily could have been Rupert Pupkin. Oh, yeah. You know? And after Taxi Driver, you didn't know how dark this movie was going to go. And – and um but you know that that's a, that's a parallel there, especially after when London got the guy walked up. He was just like he was kind of. I mean, he was doing it to impress Jodie Foster. He didn't want to be a musician like John Lennon or anything like that. But still, it was an obsession thing, and you know. And I I don't know with I think Pupkin's obsession is to like i said it's it's a fine line it's i think his obsession isn't jerry lewis it's it's making it it's making it which like i said it's a fine line is it um he is just doing everything he can he's goofy but he's doing everything he can to to live his dream mm-hmm. because there's it's a one in a billion chance but he's trying everything he can to 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 get that inch, that little inch, so he can get in there. And um, but like I said, I, I don't think I don't think he's like you know I'm obsessed with now. Sandra Bernhardt was obsessed with the Jerry Lewis character. Yeah, she thought she was in love with him. She thought they had a relationship. Blah 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 blah. Uh, so they're different. So maybe Rupert, you know, even though you can at first glance you might think, God, this guy's a psycho. Maybe that's why he didn't like her. He really wasn't a psycho. He had – there was a a, 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 a a logical end to what he was trying to accomplish, whereas her, there was none for her. Her only logical – her only – the end for her that would satisfy her would be you know, that Jerry Lewis really 
was in love with her, right. that they had a relationship, and that was never going to happen no matter what because she was fucking ugly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, who, there was somebody I wrote down had a nice big butt. Oh, uh, you know who it was? His lady. Okay, yeah, Rupert had a girl that he went to high school with. And or went all through school with probably from you know first grade or whatever, and she kind of had a vague knowledge of him, but you know he was never a poppy. He was probably a geek and stuff like that. And um, I think you know he probably summed up. He 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 has courage. I could see him. You know, with all the stuff that he's doing in this movie, I could see that he would be the kind of guy that even though this girl would be totally unattainable to him because he was probably a, a big nerd, right. that he would summon up. He would probably do exactly what he did with Jerry Lewis. He'd go down in the basement and practice asking her out and everything and go ask her out. And, of course, she turned him down. But so she works in a bar, and she has a shit job and everything. He tries to impress her. But when they go to Jerry Lewis's character's house and she has that white dress on, you can see like she has like these white panties on underneath and she has a nice full butt and it was it looked good. I really I really laughed at that scene when uh, she's asking he's he's telling her how good looking she looks or whatever. I guess she's wearing a short wig. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how it looks and he's like, "Ah, that I don't know about." What are you doing? But I felt I I felt sorry for her yeah. as an observer to that because she didn't know anything that was going on and I and I really felt for her the whole time and in that scene I mean the Jerry Lewis character that's that is almost like I said like the the Letterman thing where you know this woman just is it, he comes home and she's just in his house right. and she thinks they have a love affair and everything. But like I said, Pupkin wasn't like that. Now, if Sandra Bernhardt, I could see Jerry Lewis. He was afraid of Sandra Bernhardt. He ran from her. Right. She like basically when she jumped in that that uh, limo with him, she, he had a fear of her. I think he feared her like she could possibly do something like physically harm him, like mm-hmm. maybe stab him or shoot him. If I can't have you, nobody will. I don't think he felt that way about Rupert. He was annoyed with him because when he showed up at the house, he had that golf club and you know, you think, okay, I'd be like, you son of get the fuck out of here and just go up. But he really didn't. He was just kind of like, you know, just please just like, it was, I think he was probably had a little bit of fear, but I don't think he felt as much fear from Rupert as he did from Bernhardt because Rupert was just annoying and just like a hanger on. Um, Let's see. Shelly Hack was in this and she was a, like a Prell shampoo commercial girl. And wasn't she on a replacement for one of the Charlie's angels girls? I think she was. She's, she was the uh, girl that uh, would, (laughs) her job was to basically go out and say, look, you know, uh, uh, we have your tape, and we'll get back to you. You know, yeah, and she yeah, did yeah. that all the time. And that, I'm, eh. I, 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 that whole, the, the, those whole, those interactions totally made me think of my job at Apple. <laughs> <laughs> all the time, just people coming yeah. in. Like you tell them, you tell somebody your computer's going to be ready in a couple days. They'll mm-hmm. show up one day and twenty three hours later. Yeah. Like, oh, have we getting you a call yet? No, 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 no. I just thought maybe it would be done. Okay, well, uh, well, we'll definitely call you in, Dom. Well, um, uh, I can just wait here. It'll be okay. And I get that <laughs> a lot. I'll just sit right over here. I'll just sit over here and I'll just – yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, um, the, the, the tape job uh, where they restrain someone with, uh, with tape, uh, that, was, that was a lot of tape. Uh, it was. was okay, I made 
at the at, at the theater. We had this old chair that the the seat fell out of it because my fat ass broke it. And um, the, hey. and, and it has a metal frame. So I made a a, a seat out of out of duct tape. It took an entire roll to barely make enough for someone to sit on. <laughs> as much tape was there, he fucking he fucking must have had a case of that shit. Oh my god, Nick shit! It looked like it looked like he built a uh, Volkswagen out of tape around Jerry Lewis. Uh, but the, I yeah, I'm sorry. Well, whatever. Fuck that shit. <laughs> um, the one thing, the fear that I think that that character would have that ha- he had in his eyes. Um, was that he was basically completely and totally encased in white tape except for his neck and his head. And I think that he was – the one thing that he was fearing more than anything was is that um, Sandra Bernhardt would – Basically, just sit on his face. <laughs> There's nothing you can do about it. She, that's what I mean. When she started stripping her clothes off, I talk about getting a hard off. Now, there was a scene in this, and I'm not going to say what it is because it, it, Rupert. When he would, uh, the few times that you heard him trying to do anything funny was really lame. It was really lame-ass jokes or like uh, just like the little card that he gave Jerry Lewis and stuff (laughs) like that. So you thought, you kind of thought yourself, okay, God, you know, this is horrible. Now, there was a scene and I don't know, to me, I was wondering if it was some sort of commentary on something where... Uh, but but uh, well, I'll explain what I'm the, what I was thinking at first, and then then why I think maybe that might not be true. Okay, he gives a a stand up performance, mm-hmm. and I thought it was pretty funny. And yeah. you have all the people laughing at me. Now, I wonder if okay, one if that was a like his delusion. Two, whether that was a commentary on laugh tracks, because um, when I was watching it, some of the jokes they were funny jokes, you know. But they, yeah, they were Carson jokes. Which Carson, they were like, you know, uh, take my mother-in-law, please. You know, that was Jack Benny. But it was sort of, you know, sort of like just standard jokes. Yeah. Um, but it was almost like. I was thinking, okay, if they didn't have a laugh track there, would it seem like he was getting over as as well? But then I started thinking that the to dis, that what dispelled that was is he said he wanted to be on the show, and all and that was part of of, of some kind of a deal that he made. Um, those shows were shot before a live audience, so you know mm-hmm. maybe maybe with all the practice may and, and even Jerry Lewis told him when he was just kind of shining him on and and you know just to kind of just talking to him because first of all he's probably nervous and maybe trying to humor him until he could get rid of him, but he told him he said, you know, and Shelley Hack even told him said you know uh uh you need to get some work, you know go to some comedy clubs and yeah. 
perfect your act and everything. But Jerry Lewis told him at one point, he said, you need to work on the, the nervousness part. So maybe when he was talking to them, he was trying so hard uh, to impress or trying so hard. He, he had worked out what he was going to say so much that it seemed so lame. But then when he finally got his big shot, you know, I don't know. Maybe he wasn't – maybe he he was good. I don't know. Uh, you don't – it's – for me, it's – Still left as – it's still left as a question a little. Yeah. And, but, but the um, – the, uh, what I've noticed about his – when you get to finally see his act, um, at first, like he tells a couple funny jokes and then – by about halfway through, it really just seems like he's just <laughs> telling things that might have actually happened. Yes, I like thought that people too. are just cracking up, even though he's just telling. I mean, it's like yeah. you know, like us joking about like dads calling you fat and stuff. It's yeah. like that's the joke is that it's just so bad. Well, yeah. earlier on in the movie, when he was having this fantasy that he was having, and he's of course in his basement just talking to himself, but you see him having this conversation with the Jerry Lewis character and Jerry Lewis is like, how do you do it? Just tell me, I'm not, I don't want to steal your act or anything. Just tell me, I've always thought to myself, how, how do you do it? How do you, how do you, are you so funny? And he says, I just take horrible things that happened in my life and just talk about them. Yeah. And that's the, that's the quote I played at the beginning. Yeah. And that's how I felt like, like you said, he started out strong telling this stuff but but I think a lot of comedians that's that's how they do it. I mean, you do like you just said how we do, and we're not even fucking funny. <laughs> and it is sad, you know, that your parent would totally tear you apart, make you feel like a total piece of shit. And I don't appreciate it. And he can go fuck himself. <laughs> but um, but like I I noticed the exact same thing. I was sitting there watching. And I was like, God, now he's talking about stuff, and it's kind of sad. And people are laughing, but. When you're yeah. thinking about what he's saying, it's really so. Like I said, I, well, you get, a, I had, you, get I, you know, like it gets kind of like a, a an American Psycho kind of feel there uh, too. Yeah. When it's like the guy, he's basically just just uh, confessing all of this stuff, and people are just ah, you're just ignoring <laughs> it completely. And it's yeah. you know, it's, it's like um, it's like in you know, an American Psycho when he just he'll tell people it's like I kill people, I fuck them, I stab them in the eyes, and I murders you know, and yeah, and then everybody's just like, oh, did you see the new blah blah blah? You know. <laughs> well, I, like I said, I, I I appreciate the movie a lot more, and and uh, and the character, mm-hmm. the characters, but mostly De Niro's character and performance because. He Scorsese did not want to make this movie, and the only reason he did it is because De Niro came to him and said, "Let's, I want to do this movie," you know. And he and they worked together and everything, and 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 he 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 saw something there, and I think Scorsese was lo- probably looking at it like, you know, because I, I had heard that, that that Scorsese didn't want to do it. And the only reason he did it is because De Niro said, "I want to do this. Let's yeah. do this. I want you to direct it." And but I can see how Scorsese. When he was presented with this, would probably be like, "What the fuck? You know, this isn't. How's this going to work?" But De Niro makes the character, like I said, it starts out he's so unlikable, he's so obnoxious, and he just, you know, you can't imagine him, uh, you know, unless it's somebody like Stephen Wright or a comedian like that. That uh, even Louis C.K. he he rags on himself. It's self-deprecating humor, but he has a certain funniness about him. And throughout the movie, Pupkin has none of that. 
he he doesn't seem funny at all. Right. He doesn't seem interesting at all. He doesn't seem like he has the timing or anything that it would take to do this. Yep. And he's so unlikable. But like I said, there were times where I felt sorry for him. There were times where you know I. It's almost like. Eh, when he did his act and people were laughing and stuff like that, not I don't want to say like a rocky moment, but you know it was <laughs> yeah, cool yeah, yeah. to see that you know that he was and 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 he especially with the girl and he sh- turns the TV on and just stands there yeah. and he's like you know like or not haha but you know he's just you he's can just see he's so proud and he he was willing to go. And to do anything and to go as far as he needed to go, even to the point of giving up some of his freedom (laughs) to make it happen. So anyway, um, that's all I have. My notes weren't as much, you know, this happened, this happened, this happened. And that's why I think that the movie is good because it's more about – what the, the, was yeah, happening the and explored and the, the whole like yeah the whole like uh that the weird thing of being a celebrity and the weird thing of like you know how the media reacts to certain, certain but like things. i said i can see i can see if i showed this to 10 people maybe nine of them maybe 10 of them would be like they would just take everything as just face value for everything yeah and just be like yeah oh, that was our yeah well that wasn't that great Without looking deeper into what's going on, and the, the uh, when, when you mentioned the, um, you know, him being so awkward in the in the film, especially like, mm-hmm. it, it gets a little better as it goes along, but you just feel weird for him a lot of the time. But mm-hmm. one part that really made me feel like that is when he finally takes his high school friend out and uh-huh. showing her his his signature book, which is already kind of like, oh god, like. I got kind of like you know you get you get that chill in your spine like ooh I feel bad for him and because she you know she's just kind of like oh great autographs yeah 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 and but then she's like what is this one it looks like a retard wrote it well I was like awkward without I mean I I had you know the I you know pretty much how it went man I can't maybe I did see more this time I thought I did <laughs> but on first viewing. I expected it to I expected them to kind of make him this awkward, geeky, uh nerdy, obnoxious guy that's really unlikable and everything. And I expected it to almost go Travis Bickle or worse to where for it to go to a really super like where he just totally flips out. He's a complete and total he turns into a complete total psycho or the guy that shot Reagan or the guy that shot um uh, John Lennon or whatever, but whether uh, it goes there, we won't say. We won't say <laughs> because um, it, maybe it did, and maybe it didn't. And I mean, as as you, but that part when he took that chainsaw and killed that fucking oh, hooker, fuck oh that. my god, oh, that was disgusting. Um, the, this is, I mean, you've probably gathered from our discussion of it. This is definitely the the Pupkin show. Um, you know, there's a. It it, it 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 focuses a lot on him. There's some really cool, and you know. The 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 time that Scorsese spends with the character helps a lot too. I, you know, when you're talking yeah. about his basement, I really liked when 
I really like what he did with it when he's doing his stand up in front of his wallpaper of the mm-hmm. cheering audience, and it's like it's panning back, and the audience noise is totally obscuring what he's actually saying. All you hear is people laughing and clapping, and it's just it's one of those you know. There's not a lot of the uh, the Scorsese like kind of cinematography that you probably expect um, as far as like tracking shots and stuff like that. But there's there's this particular one where it's kind of panning back slowly, showing mm-hmm. like this hallway that he's standing in and. Um, but it's, it's, uh, De Niro's awesome in it. Um, but that said, the, uh, I really like Jerry Lewis in it. Um, he is, I don't know. He's probably a guy that was used to being kind of like the, the forefront. Mm -hmm. Um, like, you know, cause he's always so goofy slapsticky in his, in his projects and he's not at all. I mean, he doesn't. He doesn't even say anything funny in the movie, from what I right. recall. Right. Um, uh, it's really it's really well done when there's a certain moment happening, and you know Jerry Lee, Jerry Lewis's character could or Jerry what was his name in the movie Jerry Langdon or something like that. Yeah, and yeah. he definitely could have been freaking out. Langford, Langford, and yeah. he. Um, but he instead he was just like he wasn't freaking out. He just looked exhausted, like oh god, like yeah. Well, I think just living that life, I think that was kind of a commentary on that. Like, he can't go anywhere without people just bugging the shit out of him. And, you know, he he probably is worn out. And just a a couple more little things. Scorsese always likes to appear in his own movies somewhere in the background. I did not see him in this one. Although, I did see probably somebody, maybe his cousin or something, like the head of security at Jerry's office. Yeah. Um, I was like, this head of security had some woolly worms on his forehead. And it's like, maybe <laughs> maybe Scorsese needed someone to outbrow him. Because <laughs> I didn't see Scorsese in there, but this dude had some fucking big, black, bushy uh, uh, eyebrows there. So, Well, one thing that um, I was just reading here is uh, I know like in Goodfellas, the scene where they kill – Billy Bats or whatever. He's in the trunk of the car and and they stop at Pesci's mother's house and they're eating spaghetti and shit. And Pesci's mother's like, why don't you get a nice girl? Well, that's Scorsese's mother. Well, (laughs) Rupert Pupkin's mother that's yelling at him, you know, shout out. That's Scorsese's mother (laughs) at the top of the steps. Yeah. Um, There was a, um, I guess there was a scene where, I don't know if it's Pupkin or whoever's walking down the street or Jerry Lewis or whatever. And there's there's uh, there's some some guys standing on, and it might have been the guy that I said was Nigel Tufnell, looked like Nigel Tufnell, but it said they were credited as street scum, and they were played by Mick Jones, Joe Strummer, and uh, Paul Simonon of the Clash. Oh, that's funny. Uh, so that's kind of cool. Uh, Tony Randall's in this. Um, he is. Yeah, yeah. He does like the guest hosting thing. He plays Tony Randall. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah uh well you know another thing that another scene that uh i thought was was just like you said about um pupkin kind of his um talking about bad things that happened to him or you know things that affected him or bothered him or whatever is when he had the the fantasy of being on the show and um his like high school principal comes out <laughs> as a guest and he's like, yeah, you remember when you did this? Uh, you know, that was kind of interesting. Um, I guess it says here, you know, I'm just doing the, the, uh, uh, the Wikipedia thing just for instant, interesting things. But I guess, you know, it, they, they said, you know, debate about ending and whether, you know, certain things are real or imagined or whatever. Right. right. 
So anyway, but oh, yeah. um, yeah. and I, 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 but just real quick, the the at the front of the movie, um, the uh, I like the um, the song that was played. The I'm gonna love you like nobody's loved you. I thought that was pretty cool, like a nice little tongue-in-cheek uh, song to put in there. And then, um, cheek. The uh, and I liked the freeze frame that, that the movie opens with. with you know, uh, Bernhardt's freaking out in a car. And, um, she, uh, it, there's a nice like pause when there, there's a camera flash and her hands are just like pressed against the car glass and you see uh, Rupert peeking through the window and like the hands. And they did kind of, that freeze frame for a long time. I thought something was wrong. <laughs> I thought it was neat and uh, like so her hands are kind of uh, obscuring his face a little. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. So when you had Robbie Robertson uh, of the band. Uh, did like you know all the music, uh, you know basically the soundtrack and everything, and of course he and Scorsese were were tight from the last waltz uh, that Scorsese directed, okay. which is a fucking great documentary and music uh, uh, documentary. So they were they were buds. They were actually roommates at one time. So I don't know if they were cornholing each other or what, but you know <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm cool. saying. That's about all I have. So uh, yeah, if you would uh, just, we'll go ahead and uh, give it a score here. <sighs> it's hard to rate this movie because well, I, I, sh- I shouldn't say it's hard. It shouldn't be hard for me because of what other people say. I know other people hold it in such high esteem mm-hmm. that they're you know, like I said, when somebody says this is my favorite movie or this is one of Scorsese's best, blah 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 blah. Um, it's a very interesting movie. It's uh, I think it. Um, I admire the fact that they took a chance and did something like this. It was so different, especially De Niro. You know, mm-hmm. playing a role like this. Um, but that being said, I say it's it's hard to because I think it is a good movie. I don't see I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I can't find I can't I can't come up with anything that I would say, you know, this movie there's this was this was bad or this wasn't as good or I didn't like this. It just wasn't like it's not a movie that I I feel like I would watch over and over. Yeah. Uh and, and, but I could watch it again because it's an interesting movie, but I wasn't like just – I didn't get like a giant boner over it. I'll give it a seven point five. <laughs> seven point five. That's still very good. Um, yeah. I, uh, this is um, – But it's it's like I said. I, 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 I just want to say it's like it's like I'm torn – because I can't say anything bad about it, um, but it's just it's weird. It's like okay, should this movie be a ten? Because there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. All the performances are good. The way it's shot is shot is shot really great. The performances are great. You know. Yeah, yeah. So why isn't it a ten? It just it's just because <laughs> it, how of how it entertained me. It I guess it's just not something that you know. Yeah. And well, really I mean, set my light, uh, light lit my fire. For me, I, I liked this one a lot, um, and I, I probably liked it more this time than I did that when I saw it. Maybe God, it might have been fifteen years ago, but um, the uh, I, I, it probably has more replay value for me. Um, the last, I guess, the last act of the film is probably my least favorite part of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm not even sure that I really like how it ends exactly. Yeah, but um, 
Unless, well, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm I'm torn on the end, and I and I was when I watched it the first time too. But uh, you know, but, De Niro's performance alone is worth watching it again for me. Um, and I and I really like. The how he handles. Um, I, I think that with another director, this might have been not very good. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. But but, but th- with the ending, if it's taken at face value, it's kind of like eh, okay. But if you take it a cer- another way, mm-hmm. then it's like it's brilliant. That's what I mean. That's why I'm kind of kind of torn there. So, but anyway, the um, I, I, def- I would watch it again definitely. Um, I give it a ten. I change my ten. Ten. It's a I'm ten. Just kidding. No, it's uh, a ten. It's a fucking great. And I actually liked it a little better than the last movie, so I, I give this one a, an eight point two five. So you're so, such a pushover. Pushover. You know that those people influence you. All right. Uh, so yeah, that's our review no, of the King of Comedy. That's and I did break. wait until the last second to fucking watch both of those. So <laughs> me too. I finished it this morning. So fuck. I hate that. Why do I do that? Self self loathing. Dumb fuck. All right. So let's take fat a break. idiot. Come back. You and the, these fat idiots will do. Some I was talking about myself that time. Things up. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. We'll we'll be right back. While the global media is focusing on the aftermath of the global financial crisis, debating on whether global warming is scientifically sound or merely a political stunt, or reporting on citizens around the world toppling cruel dictatorships, I want to know why they're not focusing on the big issues. Is chess a better label than Sun? Did Richard Thompson or Britney Spears do a better version of Whoops, I Did It Again? Is Lou Reed or Van Morrison a grumpier old man? Do you think you two are a crap band? Do these issues matter in your life? They matter in mine. That's why I host Love That Album, a podcast based around music minutia. Join me, Morris Brzezinski, as every fortnight myself and a guest host will dissect a favourite album right down to its bare bones and discuss some of the latest music news. You can find the podcast either on the blog site lovethatalbum.blogspot.com or at lovethatalbum.podbean, that's P-O-D-B-E-A-N.com, or just type in Love That Album, or one word, into iTunes. If your heart pumps to the beat of a Keith Moon drum fill, then I'd recommend you see a cardiologist. Failing that, you probably care about music passionately, in which case, join me for Love That Album. And you won't even have to drive your car into a swimming pool. All right. 
Little that's some jam to wrap up the show there. That's some old sad bastard music right there. Love it. Jesus Christ. Love the sad bastard music. All right. So, <laughs> Daddy, we have a little feedback for you this week. Got an email, a couple of emails. We'll save one to the very end because it has to do with next week's show. Wonder what kind of a what what would be a good sexual thing for the word feedback? Would that be like when you j- blow your big blop of glop on a girl's back and then consume it? I don't know. That Seems be, like yeah, that, that could be a I'll, I'll feedbacker. Some girl asked me the other day. Of course, you know how girls are. They come up with this stupid questions. <laughs> why it's okay. Why guys think it's okay if they go down on a girl, but then, and then kiss the girl. But if you blow your wad in the girl's mouth, they won't kiss you. Hmm. I'm like, cause we're not gay. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? Am I right? I don't know. Oh. I've never. I mean, it might taste like pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie spiced latte. That's disgusting. Yeah. Uh, I've never really thought about. It. I don't. I mean, maybe I have. I don't know. I, pumpkin pie spiced latte is bad. What? No, it's bad that it would taste like that. Oh, I um, I actually <laughs> driving back from Horror Hound. I stopped at like a I don't know if it's Sheets Go Mart or whatever the hell they have down there or down there where were we at out west over there yeah over there um, and uh, I got some kind of pumpkin cappuccino to drink yeah and I was like oh my god it's gonna be so good I love I love like pumpkin pie and it's gonna taste so good it was so it was like really spicy oh and I didn't and I drank it I consumed it but too much stuff in it it had it had too much stuff I like, too much stuff. I can't wait for the next Whorehound so I can get something different. (laughs) All right. So uh, our our email this week uh, is from our favorite deadly doll. Um, Who's that, Erica? Yes, Erica. I mean, mean Emily. So uh, she has a – oh, God. My dog just found his stupid squeaky toy. You're probably going to hear it. She sent an email? She sent an email. What the fuck? I don't know. Um so uh, the subject is rapey, uh, R.E. Rapey Hauer and other musings. Um, so she has it divided into five here. One, R.E. Horses. In The First Power, there's a – I've never seen that. There's a brutal death by horse stomp. I remember that. It's awful and scary and makes me not want to die by horse stomp. <laughs> Considering both myself and father have been bitten by horses in our past, I consider the breed as having a vendetta against the last names – inserted here um i don't know if she cares about her name being out there so uh can't pronounce that shit anyway it's true uh fucking yankees i i uh i've been kicked by a horse but i've never been bitten by a horse so i screwed a girl who had a face like a horse <laughs> waka waka she did <laughs> um number two re flesh and blood i believe the titles the title is a play on sex and violence and hence the plus is just another way of translating that. Okay. What? I don't know. Um, number three, R.E. Law and Order SVU and Male Guest Stars. 
So the show is big on making unintimidating men rapists. Martin Short, Fred Savage. Matt is that R E or is that re 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 Law and Order SVU male guest stars? Uh, Martin Short, Fred Savage, Mad Men's Jared Harris, uh, Andrew McCarthy, Robin Williams. Wait, Williams actually played a dude who made others molest women. So never mind. <laughs> oh my God! I'm looking. Oh, uh, what? Wait. Nothing. Uh, I'll, I'll send it to you. Note that when Michael Shannon, arguably one of the most terrifying presences when he wants to be in cinema, guest starred, he didn't play a rapist. He uh, he played a dude who was molested as a kid and therefore uh, and was therefore so afraid that he would grow up to rape others that he wouldn't see his own child. Anyway, number four, Whee! Paul Verhoeven plus chicks. I disagree that he has a problem with women. On the flip side, I actually love how he generally pr- portrays them. Robocop, Starship Troopers, Black Book, virtually every one of his films features an assertive female. Sometimes she's a tomboy, as in Robocop, and sometimes she she uses her sexuality to get what she wants uh, and kill Nazis, Black Book. I've never seen that. Uh, I love that he's totally comfortable with having his ladies be sexually liberated without sacrificing themselves. Hey, I hate Denise Richards and Starship Troopers, but were a different actress in the role, I don't know that I would. Her character refuses to sacrifice her career for a high school boyfriend. There's nothing wrong with the character, just the issue that the ac- just the issue that the actress playing her is void of death. Void of death. Void and of number death. five, Ree! my tostadas. They are getting cold, and I'm hungry. Happy recording, Smoochies, Emily. I love Emily. So cool. Someday I'm gonna make that girl mine. <laughs> the. Uh, I still don't know that I've ever even seen Law and Order SVU. Um, I know. It's an off, or you know, that's special. Video. I don't like that one. As much. That one's got a lot of rape in it. I still feel bad for saying I don't listen to Gleecast. I've thought about that like five times this week, which I don't. But <laughs> um, yeah, that is kind of fucked up. Uh, well, you know what can you do? And tostadas would be good right now. I had a crispy potato soft taco last night from Taco Bell. I'm telling you what, I'm going to give people a piece of advice. Fucking go anywhere else to buy chicken than Walmart. Those damn chicken breasts, the grilled chicken breast deals are disgusting. This fucking thing tastes like the goddamn oldest chicken in the fucking planet Earth. That motherfucking <laughs> chicken is so stringy and tough. It is just gross. Well, how long, you said you cooked it forever. How did you cook it? I cooked it really slow, so it should be real, real juicy and tender. Well, how, no, how did you cook it? You just didn't fucking put it in a skillet in there oh, and no put wonder. some put some seasoning on it. You should you should uh, you should put it in liquid to soak it. Like make a like make like a. But dude, I fucking thing. just woke up and <laughs> and I stubbed my toe and there was a lot of pain involved and I had to get on this fucking thing for. So I said, well, we started at noon, people, and it's three thirty. It's only three. Oh, it is three thirty. I thought it was four. Give me a fucking break, uh, and then fucking Emily sends a goddamn typed an email. <laughs> That's I'm I'm not I'm not saying that I'm mad or anything, but what the fuck is that all about? <laughs> Thank you. Emily. A goddamn email. <laughs> Come on. All right, so we got a couple voicemails. <laughs> Here's the first from a couple. I'm breaking of, up with her already. From familiar voices, so. Oh, I'm going to oh, be God. for the Silver and Gold podcast for the post-Thanksgiving whatever the fuck it was episode with the kill and kill and kill and kill movies. Oh, yeah, this is yeah. another Mikey, by the way. Is How's it? it going, Lope yeah. and Dom? Another excellent episode. Got a few thoughts. Let's share them. 
Thanksgiving waffle bar loaf? That sounds like an ideal Thanksgiving feast for me. I just hope there wasn't any blue waffles on your menu, but zinga! They were green. Oh, and let me see. What else have we got? Oh, yes, uh, the subject of Sasha Gray was brought up. The only two films I've actually seen her in, and <laughs> I'm not counting, you know, the films where, you know, she has pretty much toy rockets and cat Every hole in her body plug. <laughs> no, I'm thinking of the two films, namely Girlfriend Experience and Smash Cut. Yes, I have to agree that she does come off as a bit touched, and I'm not talking about the touching that she usually receives in her usual film repertoire. It's a wheel. Bebe. What the fuck did Jesus post on Facebook? Huh? What the shit is that? On what? <laughs> oh my god sorry Mikey and, dude oh, be professional yes, I have to share my admiration for the girls on film the most drunk sounding email oh, god, that's so according gross. to your voicemail you know I love you Emily and Rach and everybody involved with girls on film but I had to agree with them Zoe, Zoe Deschanel she drives me up a fucking wall there's just nothing appealing to her her uh, it, Nothing appealing about her. Oh, bullshit. She just has that really kind of annoying, doe-eyed look. Can you pause this for a second? Uh, Let me speak on this. (laughs) (laughs) Let me speak on this. You fucking people, I swear to God, she's a sweet girl. She's pretty. She's got a nice body. Watch that fucking movie, My Idiot Brother. Tell me when she's got these fucking, like, she's got black tights on, a little mini skirt, sweet ass, nice legs, big eyes, she can sing, she's talented, she's funny, she'd probably be a nice person. (laughs) Fuck you, (laughs) son of a bitch. Don't you ever call back here again. That girl is like America. When you're insulting America. Fucking, you fucking communists. She is like apple pie. She is the sweetest human being I've ever wanted to fuck. (laughs) Piece Uh. of shit. And don't even get me fucking started on her singing. Yeah, whatever. Shut up, you motherfucker! Oh, and Lowe, I gotta applaud your recommendation of the Dark Horse Conan material. Dom, take Lowe's word for this. The Dark Horse Conan stuff... Which I believe now is actually being written by Tim Truman, but I could be mistaken. Jesus. But it is excellent work. <laughs> excellent stuff. I mean, yes, I enjoy the Marvel Conan material myself, including the regular series and the Savage Sword of Conan magazine series. But this stuff, it just hits it right on the nail with Robert E. Howard-esque material. He's in and love with fucking see. Drew Barrymore. Uh, I'm not talking about the porn uh, star. Oh, yes. Us silver and gold miners should develop our own fighting styles for convention meet and greets so we can beat the living shit out of each other, you know, out of mutual respect. And there was another thing that was brought up about with kill and kill and get, kill and kill again. It's in my imagination, was there was something about the 70s and 80s, and I'm not talking just strictly action movies, although I guess there's a vast majority of them, but, you know, action movies and kind of TV shows, which dealt with people learning martial arts through advanced science, now, I'm betting that it's probably touched upon with, like, a lot of the sci-fi-ish stuff of the 70s, like, you know, Wonder Woman, maybe, or Buck Rogers, or... Stop like the bullet code! But I can recall two specific instances where they kind of used that plot element, not directly through potatoes, but 
There was Wonder Woman, which dealt with women being sort of genetically enhanced to become better fighters. And, oh, I believe it was maybe, oh, I want to say it was either American Ninja 2 or 3 that involved creating super ninjas, essentially. I believe Ooh. it may have actually been part two, because I do recall Dudikoff was actually involved with it. I bought those so at Best I don't know, better ass kickery through science. I had sex and with a woman watching American Ninja. You both, the cinematicist. <laughs> and I was 18 and she was like 30-something. Astonishingly a lot like me. I heard his call on that episode and I'm like, holy shit, I don't remember leaving that voicemail. What the hell? Oh, you know, great minds and voices. I think I like. But anyways, Zoom and Rolf and Gold Miners, along with Silver Miners, you all take it easy. Another excellent episode, as always. And I, of course, look forward to talking to you again soon. All right, take care, fellas. Tough guys. Bye. Keep me searching for a heart of gold. I swear to God, that fucker... I'm so disappointed in him. Okay, let me ask you a question, because you're an impartial observer. Yes. Would you fuck... Who would you rather fuck? Drew Barrymore... I already know. It's it, even if you say fucking Martin Scorsese next, I know my answer is going to be Scorsese. Scorsese, uh, Zoe Deschanel. Oh, Zoe Deschanel, definitely. God, see what's wrong? I mean, why do people fucking? It's just just because she plays like sweet girls all the time. I don't even know what the fuck she plays. I don't know if I've ever even seen her in anything, but she's hot. I think she's cute. I mean, I, I, I think she's. I mean, she's hot. I'm telling you, my idiot brother. She wears like this little mini skirt and these like black like tights on underneath. And oh my god, I was like, fuck, that bitch is fine. I like her. And Drew Barrymore, she's got fucking like Zadar chin. That's fuck my uh, see. And then he's given but see the thing is when he says shit like that and then later on he gives like advice like, Oh, you should watch this I'm like, should I listen to him? Is fucking something's <laughs> I mean Definitely don't listen to fucking his opinions on Die Hard too. I mean, who would ever listen to that travesty of a show? Wow, yeah. <laughs> well, we don't have to listen to his opinions because from when I listen to the show, <laughs> it's just me, you, and the cinematicus. No, yeah, it's there's something wrong. There was something wrong with it. It wasn't because oh, right, right, right. We fucking out shouted him or something. Which let me tell you, something, he made a mistake. And the mistake was inviting us on his show. <laughs> because, oh, boy. Um, the, 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 I think the, I'm going to be on there again next week doing a fucking Santa with muscles. What's bad is after I left, I thought, okay, things will get to normal and da, 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 oh. talk to us. It was worse. <laughs> it was worse. I was imbe- – I felt like I don't – this is not – something's – Ugh, that was when the Kunta comments started coming out. I was not. That was not a good human being. All right, new voicemail. Whatever. Whatever. Hey guys, it's the Cinemascus Justin Rolta here calling in on the Nakey Rapey Hour episode. Unbeknownst to me, I actually Nakey had a copy rapey. of Flesh and Blood. The only reason I didn't know I had a copy is because the copy I have goes by The Rose and the Sword. I don't know why. I guess Flesh and Blood was too scary of a title for the video. He should have put that in uh, in her butthole in that movie, too. The Rose. Some video releases. I don't know. Uh, but they changed it to that. And I found a, this uh, big, uh, I guess you could say, well, it was kind of like a yard sale, I guess you could say, a couple months ago. And, I t- and left the thorns on. 
decided to pick it up for like that's hour. that you um, just went too far. But, uh, I'm gonna yeah, I, I was really bored by this movie. I'm kind of glad you guys didn't like it either, since I thought I might be alone because I'm not the biggest medieval fan of those types of films. Some can be kind of thrilling, but the setting and the settings can look nice. Like the film, it, it has lavish settings and a good cast. But a lot of times these things kind of bored me, and this one wasn't any different. Uh, I think you guys pretty much nailed it on the head as to why it was boring. There's really nobody to root for. It's just not much going on. It's just, and it's, it should have been an hour and a half, maybe hour and 40. I don't think it should have been two hours or technically two hours and six minutes. And I know a couple, I forget the film was now, but I know a couple weeks ago when you guys did the uh, Silver and Gold episode, official episode, the, uh, the uh, Henry Silver film you guys reviewed, I know Loaf said he was struggling so hard to pay attention to that. I was playing a trifle on his phone while I wasn't doing that, but I was struggling to pay attention during the film. I was, you know, kind of perusing around online and that while I was kind of having that on in the background, which is, isn't what I do normally for a lot of newer films. But uh, when I see something for the first time, sometimes I'll do it. But this one, I just, uh, I struggled to kind of make it to the end, but I figured I'd do it so I could at least follow along in the review, which I was able to, and it was entertaining. And I didn't... He got cut off. Hang on, there's another one. Thank God. <laughs> Hey guys, it's Justin, just got cut off. I uh, just wanted to say I didn't see the other film, uh, Turkish Life, but it did make me think of this. Gonna find my baby, gonna, gonna hold her tight. Grab some Turkish delight. Our model's always been when it's right, it's right. Why wait until another episode of Silver Angle? When everything's a little clearer in the light of day. And you know Silver Golden's gonna be there anyway. Thinking that Silver's gonna be the happy time. <laughs> Turkish delight, Turkish delight, and I'd keep going, but I don't want to ruin everybody's hearing with my horrible singing. So Too late. Keep, it up. keep up the good work, guys. And well, good work. Huh? And I, don't, I, I, I feel really bad. I, I, I totally plug Justin here. Plug Justin. <laughs> but I can't fucking remember the name of his. His uh, little network that he posts on. He was talking about it on Action Attraction. Um, Wrestle, he was on Wrestle Crap at one time. Crap, they broke. They broke. A, oh, freaking awesome network! There you go. He's a columnist. There you go. Freaking awesome network. So yeah, check that shit out. So yeah, thanks. I for like that. Justin. He's he's a pretty cool dude. He's a nice fella. See, that's how you do it. See, okay. Right, now I just talked a bunch of shit, and I fucking said thank God when his voicemail got cut off. I talked shit on Mikey because of the Zoe Dashrenal thing. So, but see, this is what some podcasters don't understand. You call somebody a cunt or a fuckface, or tell them to shut the fuck up, but then you you soothe it over by putting LOL at the end. <laughs> it makes it okay. Lol. Lol. All right. I like, so, but, but those those guys are are like fucking an extension of us. They're like the the, the, the third and fourth testicle of <laughs> silver and gold. The mutated scrotum that is the silver and gold podcast. They are and the third and fourth. Since test. Emily's a girl, I she could be the vagina. She could be the taint, but behind the mutated yeah, yeah, scrotum. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, thank you to Ball, Ball, and Taint for calling in and writing in this week. <laughs> writing in, <laughs> what writing the in. fuck? Uh, so that's it for feedback, sort of. Pay your cell phone bill next time. <laughs> Maybe she was afraid it was going to get cut off. Emma Lou. Um, so uh, we're going to get into the shows or into what we're going to cover next week. Oh, um, we're going to next week, love. We got a couple of Roger Ward picks. 
Roger Ward yeah. has gotten a little little friendly with Zom on Facebook. He doesn't ever write me back because he thinks I'm an asshole. But uh, it's because of the racist comments. <laughs> he does. He, he, he told me that, that behind the he scenes. He wants to listen to Action Attraction. The um, but he uh, he Zom and him were talking, and he gave us a couple films to review. Um, and I'll read the I'll read the email from him really quick here. Um, he sent us a couple things. I'll cover one of them next week. But he said, uh, hey, guys, thanks for reviewing those films next weekend. Uh, I've been trying to get some info over to you regarding what happened on the set and all, but nothing exciting happened on Chain Reaction. That is one of our films. Apart Chain from the Reaction. that Miller got. Um, but Beasley, Gibson, and me together for that garage scene. Uh, and Stone, which is the other one, Stone had a few highlights, and I'm delving through my interviews and write-ups to see if I can find anything you can use. In the meantime, I found this interview. Um, does not blah, 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 blah. It's a bit serious and bullshitty in the beginning, but I loosened up halfway through. So we'll, we'll talk about that next week. But um, So, yeah, he said thanks for your continued support. Regards are. So uh, he, um, he, he, le- he wants us to review Stone and, um, and uh, uh, fuck. Chain re- the chain, chain reaction, chain reaction, which has another name yep. too, which I can't it's, recall at the moment. But um, I have seen Stone, and I'm telling you what, people, honest to God, I'm not bullshitting anybody. Everybody watch the fucking Australian biker movie Stone. Mm-hmm. It if you are like in our community or you know like genre cinema, this movie fucking is so goddamn fucking awesome. It's not even funny. I have not seen the chain reaction. I have seen chain reaction with Keanu Reeves, this but the chain reaction I have not. Uh, yeah. You'll see. Uh, 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 I think it's kind of a um, a lot of the uh, some of the guys from uh, Mad Max getting back together. Yep. I, I, I tracked um, I tracked the chain reaction down after I went to Action Fest a couple years ago. And they had a, a a clip of a car chase from the film mm-hmm. um, that they showed a few times between or right like before films would play, which and that made me want to track it down. So I can't remember off the top of my head, but uh, I think I'm pretty sure they probably showed some stuff from that uh, in not quite Hollywood. I know they showed stuff from Stone oh, cool, cool. in that too. So so yeah, uh, Stone Check it out. Is from '74. Uh, Chain Reaction is 1980, and that's what we're covering next week. This is going to be a Roger Ward double feature. So. Gotcha. Um, until then, uh, well, I guess I forgot to do this last week, so I didn't uh, say how you could contact us. But uh, make sure you know check out all our friends. Um, we're gonna we we always like to plug the people that help contribute to the show. So um, you know, Metal Mikey's Action Attraction. Even though we we kind of fucked around on his show this week, um, check out his show. He he does a good job over there. Um, that'll teach him a lesson. That'll teach him. Don't want to ever have us on there. Check out uh, Justin over at uh, I've already forgotten the fucking name again. The freaking awesome network. Jesus, dude! I know, I'm terrible. Try some ginkgo caloba or whatever the fuck that's the cinemasticist. Uh, <laughs> him and, and uh, Emily with her various ventures, Gleecast and and Goff Radio and uh, and uh, Deadly Dolls House. She's everywhere. She's everywhere these days. So. She's like God. <laughs> yes, she is. And thanks to Zoe Deschanel for being hot, even though Mel uh, Mikey doesn't uh, like you. Uh, I found a little picture of her without pants on that I'm going to post on the pooper. Facebook group. So, um, but yeah, you can contact us, which I, this is what I did not say last week, uh, 206-339-1600. If you want to send in voicemails, you can always send us an MP3 too, or an email like Emily does to silvagoldpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, find us on silvaandgold.com. Uh, spelled out A and D, or find us on iTunes. So thanks to everybody listening, and um, 
we uh, we're out there. We're here. Oh, find our Facebook group. So um, someday I'm going to figure out how to make it easier to get there. But if you search for Silva and Gold on Facebook, Facebook, I'm sure you'll find it. So so yeah, uh, thanks to everybody that contributes there as well. It's a real fun group to be a part of. So uh, Zom just posted a picture of Kunta Kinte on my wall, and which makes you feel even more. <laughs> <laughs> for what I fucking posted, but um, they made go for that shit in North Carolina. But let me tell you something here in West Virginia. Even, even West Virginia, we've progressed. Well, no, we really haven't. <laughs> I'm telling you what, this state um, was a big state for Democrats for my entire life, and now that um, Barack Obama is in office, uh, not n- not anymore. So there's a lot. People here that, that I'm not really happy with. <laughs> Fucking. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Uh, Next, that's it son of the bitches. Show. Cool. And, uh, All right. Yeah, it was pretty good. Pretty, pretty good, good show. Pretty good. We'd, cool. we'd give a half ass effort. Half ass effort to a full length show. But usually we give it like a quarter of an effort. <laughs> we brought it this time. We brought it, motherfuckers. Cool. Trim the hair in my note. Until next week. As usual, this is Loaf Oot. Zom Oot. <laughs>